Hey, hey y'all. y'all. And welcome to the Sorry Not Sorry Generation podcast, where we bring you a not-so-healthy dose of humor and reality as we get our hands dirty with some serious nostalgia and question everything. Let's dive in. Hey, hey y'all. y'all. It's Misty. I am your DM, as well as playing Jazara Talena, the half-drow gloomstalker ranger. It is Ani, and I am playing Valkyria Nykor, heir to the Dragonite Syndicate, and I am a tiefling shadow sorcerer. Hi, it's Aaron, and I am playing Asha Kel, Dampier Twilight Cleric. Woo! Yay! <laughs> Such Yay! excitement. All right. Such nerdy excitement. I know, right? It's great. If we weren't nerds, our lives would be so fucking boring. I know. It's true. We might actually be interested in talking with normal people. Ew. Can you imagine how boring that is? Yeah, so the, the Dow Jones went down 2% today. Are those, <laughs> normal? those people are not weird in a completely different way. It's like, like did you see what little Timmy did? He made his volcano for the science fair. Congrats, <laughs> Timmy. <laughs> Awful sound. Anyone starts talking to you about cryptocurrency, fucking run. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. teach you about crypto. No, you fucking cannot. Please go Because you don't know. Nobody knows what cryptocurrency <laughs> is. No one. Even the person who made it was just like, I don't know. Like even Elon Musk just said it's a it's a it's a hustle. It's a hustle. It is the most lucrative hustle possibly ever. But hey, so is the concept of tra- so that was the concept of trying to make people pay for Twitter. So there is that. I I will never not laugh at at that one medical company getting cost billions of dollars because somebody spent eight dollars to impersonate them that's truly the greatest thing i've ever seen in the internet history so that's some robin hood there right that was that was Mm. okay i see the video where uh some random person like basically answers a rocket engineering question for elon (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah and he's like i'll be right back yeah yeah he's like is that supposed to like let go off the launch or something he's like uh um uh, oh uh, i did i did uh, see that yeah uh, i have to go <laughs> yeah i did see that yeah it was a youtuber who'd gotten uh he'd done something to get yeah. a, an interview with him yeah i remember saying that oh there's one there's one more thing and i have to tell you this because it happened to me today so have you seen that video where that guy is telling you how uh if the, the reason we get hiccups is because some, like, leftover holdover from when we evolved from fish. Oh, yes. <clears throat> I don't know how real that is. But, so, like, yes. don't at me on Instagram, people. Like, that's not what really happened. I don't care. Because that's not the point. But, like, they say that uh, when you have the hiccups, you, the way to get rid of them, and they won't, you know, like, just write them in there, is to think to yourself, I am not a fish. Which sounds insane and stupid. I saw this video last night again, because I've seen it before, but it came across my feed last night, and I'm like, that is still the dumbest thing on the fucking planet. I had hiccups today, and I had it, like, I, repetitively over and over, and as I'm walking out of the hallway, that that video dawned on me. So what did I think to myself? I thought I to myself, I am not a fish. They stopped. They stopped. Literally right there. I hiccuped, like, four times in a row, and I thought to myself, I am not a and they fucking stopped. I don't know what to do with that information, but now all of you have to know it too. The end of 2022 has, is the theme of the fish. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Fish things everywhere. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. 
I'm regretting all of my life choices that have led me to Fishtopia, but you know what? All right. But yeah, I just want you all just to absorb that information for a minute because I did that and it fucking worked. Mm -hmm. I I don't know what that means, but I just thought to myself, I am not a fish. And just like in a humorous tone to myself and it went away. And I'm just, and I I say it out loud or just think it. No, you thought, I just thought it. You just think it. And I'm just like, because, you know, like, if you say it out loud, maybe I would be willing to think that maybe, like, the movement of, like, your vocal cords and the inhalation of breath, maybe you, like, reset, like, whatever. No, I just thought the words, I am not a fish, and a fucking hiccup stopped (laughs) instantly. And I must have stood there for, like, ten seconds, like, waiting for them to come back, and they just didn't. Come on, I I know you're in there. (laughs) Apparently, I have reaffirmed my place in the universe by assuring it I am not a fish. So, and then I know I am not a fish. And that resets uh, whatever controls your hiccups, apparently. So, you know, I just really, I had to, I meant to tell you guys that at the top, but uh, there you go. Okay. Speaking of fish, in our little recap, uh, last time our party found themselves in the town of Pale Bank in which they were exploring uh, and thieving slightly from a couple of different places while looking for the uh, answers and the clues uh, to a sickness that had been going around the town uh, called the Frozen Sick, and that it was slowly freezing quite a few members of the town to ice. And on the uh, on the quest of uh, Elro, who is the head and founder of the town, he's asked you guys to look into it, to try and... Uh, figure out what's causing it, what's happening. In the in the process, you went and you visited uh, the first victim's cabin. You dug around in it. You stole a couple of things. Uh, and you uh, talk about that? You found a clue that led you to the cabin of possibly one of the rudest people you've <laughs> encountered in, in quite some time. Um, she was truly just kind of a bitch to you guys yeah, before... After introducing you briefly to her uh, wolves, she kicked you out after telling her, uh, you all that uh, she worked for a crime family from Shady Creek Run, known as the Oodalot family. And uh, she was, she, her sister, and a bunch of others were sent there in order to loot goods from Aeor that were coming into the town that Ergon and others had found over the years. And uh, she stole a bunch of it from Verla's store known as Pelk's Curiosities and uh, she believes that one of the items there was causing her illness. So all of you traipsed out to Pelk's Curiosities where you found the store was being ransacked by a bunch of uh, Udalot family bandits who were, after you burst into the room, fought a bunch of people. Well, I say fought. um, Everybody with the exception of Valkaria fought someone. (laughs) Valkaria trapped an elf in a lobster trap, then tried to hit him over the head with a nutcracker, and then stole some shit after all the fighting was done. Um, everybody else, you know, participated to some extent, but Val, man, whoo, that, you having Mage Hand is a thing. Let's, so. let's, let's, let's not forget that I also kept a piece of said lobster trap to add to my collection of tchotchkes. Or the fact that you stole a bracelet made of humanoid teeth that you now wear on your tail. So there is that. Um, 
after you guys defeated and killed three of the bandits, you did keep two of them alive, and both of them were taken into custody by Ergon and the Glassblades uh, for interrogation and possibly to be set free at a later time. You're not really sure, because that process is still going on. Um, and you found the unfortunate body of Verla Pelk, the owner of the store, who had such a severe and advanced case of the frozen sick illness that she was frozen solid in a block of ice. Ergon determined that she was likely the second victim after, or Elro determined that she was likely the second victim after Ergon. And uh, it was possible that whatever illness had uh, come into the town had come from whatever Ergon had sold. So, after interrogating kind of what, well, what Asha described as a tweaker of an elf, uh, who was laying in a bathtub that Jazara had thrown him in, uh, very much of a tweaker, uh, you guys found out where the rest of the bandits were staying, in a place called Croker Cave, which was about a half-day journey outside of town. Um, which you learned in advance was full of ice toads that the bandits were trying to train to be kind of like guard dogs, but, you know, much more uncooperative. Um, so, other intentions. so armed with a series of frozen, uh, frozen fish for bait, uh, you guys set off to Croker <laughs> Cave, and uh, after a short but... Uh, at least kind of interesting trip there because you did see uh, some cute little foxes on the way a frozen lake with some massive ass creature floating around in it um, you guys made your way to the cave and after you entered uh, you encountered your first series of frogs which Valkaria uh, fed fish to but didn't really seem to help her case because they did knock her off of the wooden plank you guys were trying to traverse of a little frozen lake and knocked her ass in the water and uh, after paddling in possibly the weirdest way I've ever seen somebody <laughs> swim ever, of the whole... <laughs> and trust me, that sound effect is in that episode. <laughs> I know, because I listened to that episode back today. So there's, there is that. Um, yes. So, and uh, after Valkyrie... Getting soaking wet, uh, both Valkaria and Asha discovering that Jazara is invisible in the dark upon Will because of her Gloomstalker abilities, you stumbled upon a series of elves and dwarves who were trying to train some of these frogs. And you opted all to have Jazara, who was invisible in the dark, to go forward and try to take some of them out ahead of time uh, so they wouldn't see you. Which she did, and she succeeded in taking out two before the third and uh, the frogs that were there um, <laughs> were presented with an interesting spectacle of Asha in the middle of the room trying to stab a frog, which she did not know frogs were harmed in the making of that episode, and a lone elf, a traumatized elf, a... An elf who was probably quite glad for their end. As Valkaria, who never bothered to actually enter into the uh, fight officially, it just stood pretty far back, took a fish, tried to use the fish to coax a frog to attack its elf friend by taking this fish with her mage hand, floating it invisibly through the air, and shoving it 
in the face of this elf trying to shove the fish in its mouth. This did not work because she rolled a five. Then trying again and rolling a six, also failing, and has only succeeded in smearing a frozen dead fish over the face of this elf, giving it a lovely ex- like fish scale exfoliation in the process before finally this elf was put out of its misery and murdered by Jazara. And Asha eventually used some of the bait left over from the elves and threw it into a small pond so that the frogs would hop on their little merry way. And uh, both Asha and Jazara had... um, opinions about Valkaria's <laughs> actions during the fight. And feelings. They and feelings, feelings <laughs> and attitudes and um And I know for a fact that uh, Asha is still not over it. Asha Asha did take the unfortunate unfortunate brunt of uh, everything. It's the only one visible during the fight. So the only one the elf was able to target whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, Asha's uh not thrilled right now. Yeah, yeah. So Ash is not all that thrilled, and uh, Zara is just at this moment not really. She's just kind of done with what's happening in her whole life right now, and uh, at this point, slightly abandoning Valkaria in the room that the Toads had been in, where all the now dead people are. Asha and Zara have walked into a new room, and. Uh, have discovered that the room has a bunch of uh, bed rolls and uh, like a little fire pit. The fire's not lit, but you guys have a little fire pit that's there where these uh, people are clearly using to stay. And uh, yeah, so you guys enter into a room. There's a cold fire, a series of probably about a dozen bed rolls are set around it. And uh, you notice that the cave, you have come in from uh, the west, and uh, there are a split to the north of the cave. One goes in, like, a, a direction that you can kind of tell leads back towards the entrance, entrance, possibly towards where those uh, that bat area is that you guys didn't want to go to because it was covered in guano. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's another one that slightly forks <laughs> off to the right, uh, which it seems to expand if you were to go in that direction. Okay. So, um... Yeah, so you're in this room with these bedrolls, some packs and stuff like that, and a little fire pit. Well, Asha uh, is still a little soggy. Yeah, that's fair. And salty. (laughs) And so she is going to go over the farthest away she can from Val, and she is going to park it on one of the bedrolls and... No, she's not gonna park it. She's gonna look for some firewood because she's she's tired of it, and then she's gonna park it when she gets the okay. Fire um, there's yeah, there's some like there's some uh, fire or like firewood and stuff like that, and you have a tinder box on you and uh, stuff like that, so you can light a little fire that's there. Um, and uh, I want you to go ahead. I want you to make me a perception check, Asha, at disadvantage. Okay. Okay. Too bad I don't have. That did not roll that well. That <laughs> it literally did not roll. Um, okay, so seven. Seven? Okay. Uh, so you, you take a moment, you light the fire and everything like that, and you're going to go park it on one of these bed rolls. Um, you 
my deer step onto one of these bedrolls and the bedroll vanishes because it falls. And no! So what the and fuck? So you and this bedroll now find yourself in a ten foot deep hole. Just and my fucking luck! <laughs> and you are going to take three points of damage from that hole. Alrighty. Val walks over and I'm sure Asha can hear her tail swishing with the teeth bracelet and I'm going to assume that you just kind of see like so Val is going to go onto her hands and knees and just kind of like peer over and be like you okay? Asha is very much in a heap <coughs> at the bottom of the thing seething because this is uh, the same feeling that you get when you're already pissed and then the door catches your jacket mm-hmm. and you just lose your shit and there is a moment of just Screaming. It is not pain. It is rage. <laughs> uh, Asha and Jasara's gonna slightly lean over to like, you want us to leave you in the pit for a couple minutes? I just need a second. Okay, and I'm okay. just gonna grab Valkaria <laughs> and just physically pull her away and just like kind of shove Val. Just like, go go look through the other bedrolls, but don't step on any of them. Be careful. But like, just, just give her a minute. Just give her a minute. <laughs> Alright, so Val's gonna walk her around. Just quietly counting to ten. <laughs> In every language that she knows. We're we're on language three already. That was gonna go around the bedrolls and just start poking at each one with her staff because she doesn't want to fall. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh go ahead and uh do you wanna are you trying to find anything particular or to see if they fall? First I wanna make sure nothing's gonna fall. Okay. And then I can loot through them. Yeah. Okay. Give me a perception check. Uh, which will be straight because you're using the staff to push down. Eleven. Eleven? Okay. Uh, you notice that about uh, three bedrolls away from where uh, Asha has fallen, there's another one, and you kind of, like, push that down, and it, like, falls and everything. But beyond that, you don't see any more, um, and the rest of the bedrolls seem to be actually on, like, stable ground. And do you want to try to loot any of them, or...? Uh, well... First, because I don't want to ask or talk to Asha right now and be in the direct line of fire. That's valid. Um, Val is going to jump or like, you know, hop into the the hole, this 10 foot hole. The one she's in or a different one? uh, The one that, um, the the only other one that's there. Okay. Just so I can see if there's anything in there. Okay. Like, again, I doesn't want to ask Asha questions because Asha's pissed. Okay. Uh, and so you then jump- I will loot through the rest. <clears throat> well, you're gonna jump in this hole, so we're gonna deal with, <clears throat> deal with that first. You jump in this in this hole. Um, I'm gonna assume you do it carefully. Maybe yes. like sit on the edge and then like pop yeah. yourself down because it is like a ten foot drop and everything like that. All right, you look around. Uh, it. I would make you roll a perception check, but it's literally a ten foot hole. <laughs> like you can see that there's nothing in it. Um, great. Now here's my question: uh, How are you getting out of the hole? Can't it's a ten you. foot hole. How tall am I? Uh, you're not ten feet. <laughs> you're uh, however tall you want to be, of an of because tieflings are about the same size humans are. Well, so did you have your backpack on when you dropped, or did you set it down? Probably still you... had it on because I have rope in there. She has a rope. <clears throat> Great. What you gonna do with it? Uh, nothing. I'm actually gonna use my my mage hand and try and find. Oh, the mage hand. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try and find Jazz and tap her on the shoulder and be like, help. Well, you can't tap on Jazz if you can't see her. 
and you don't see her because she's oh, not standing yeah, next to the way. edge. Okay. No. So all right, it, fine. I get my rope. Great. Give me a um, perception check if you would. Eighteen. Eighteen. Great. You can tell by looking at it that there's nothing to tie the rope on. <laughs> Great. You can tell. <laughs> Great. You figured that one out, smarty pants. Yeah. And here I was looking for the chart that has the stuff that you could find, and you uh, decided instead you were going to jump in a hole. So. <laughs> Asha. Not entirely sure I need that. So, uh, but, you know, I'm going to keep looking for it just because you might get yourself out of this hole one day. Um, but it's not now. So Can't I now, climb? Because I have, I have claws. You can try. It's a strength check. Is it, is, it, it's, it's a dirt hole, right? It's, it's dirt hole in the ground. You can try. It is also partially made of ice because it's an ice cave. That's true. Okay. Strength check? Probably. You can give me a strength check, yeah. <laughs> a two. You reach up, stick your claws in, <laughs> pop your feet up on the wall, and that's the whole show. <laughs> you are about four inches off of the ground with your claws stuck in the wall, going absolutely nowhere. Just you, your tail swishing back and forth really hard, and just you attached to this wall like, huh. <laughs> This is harder than I thought it was going to be. I just see her tail just going, like, she's trying to propel herself upwards. Uh Uh-huh. And then she remembers she's not a fish. Yep. That is exactly what's happening. Jazara, who is the only one not in a hole, is kind of, is going to turn around after she's done, like, you know, like, looking around in the area that she was investigating and just realize she's alone. But there's suddenly a new hole, and uh, she's going to walk over the edge of the hole, look down, <laughs> see that. I'm just you stuck in this, and she's going to go. She's not going to say a damn thing. She's just going to walk over to Ash's hole. She's gonna, and she's gonna... Asha has 10 out of 10 in all of her uh, languages now, and so she's and practiced a little uh, deep breathing, uh, and she's ready to speak two people. Now, am I in a similar hole where it's just yes. a straight down? Okay. Yes. Um, uh, but Jazara is coming over. She's come over to your hole, Asha. And she's like, hey, how you doing? She's in a hole, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think she might be stuck in the ice, <laughs> to be honest. But I didn't, I'm, I don't know. Just no. I'm, I'm not going to deal with that. Can't I just have one thing to myself? Uh, Guys? You can have I Help? hate to say this, Asha, but Help? you can have this hole. <laughs> Guys! Oh, Shut God. up! You deserve this! <laughs> this is payback <laughs> for the fish. Can we can we just leave her in there? I heard that. You were supposed to! <laughs> Asha, um, would you like help? Yes, please. Okay, and Jazara has rope. Uh, Asha, I believe you're the only one in the group who doesn't have rope, but both the other two have rope. Um... So, Jazara's gonna take uh, her rope, and then uh, she'll, like, wind part of it around her arm so she can, like, hold on to it. Because there's Mm -hmm. nothing around here to tie it to. Mm -hmm. And she lowers part of it in uh, for you. And you can either tie it around yourself and, like, uh, help uh, climb, like, as Jazara pulls you up. Or you can use it to just, like, uh, gym class style, like, try and climb the rope. Uh, I I feel like 
Asha's gonna need help because she's kind of bookish. Okay. So we'll okay. wrap and then do I need to roll a strength check or You're gonna roll a strength check at advantage because of the rope. Okay. And Jazara will roll one two. Fourteen. Fourteen from you. And and a fifteen from Jazara. So between the two of you you do manage to like get up there and uh you know just you have the rope tied around your waist and you're like trying to climb up as jazara backs up and like she pulls you up uh the side and the two of you manage to get yourself out um val's in a pit and uh you untie the rope from yourself and jazara like puts it away and everything and she and jazara's gonna look at you for a minute and she's gonna go and she's not gonna say anything out loud but she's just gonna put her finger up so she's like the one minute gesture she Mm -hmm. goes back into the other room where the dead elf is Get some of the fish that are in it. Comes back, stands at the edge of Val or yeah, Val's pit, and just Just. dumps a couple of fish in there with her. Here, in case you get hungry later. What do you mean later? Bye. And she's gonna walk where Val can't see her. I hate you both. Jazz is gonna make like the footstep noises like you're walking like she's walking away. She's not actually going anywhere, but she's gonna make the noises so like they start off loud and then they slowly get quieter and like so that it sounds like she's walking away. I hate you both. Mm. Someone please get me out of this. Do we help her? Do we? Elle, I'm afraid we can't leave her here. I can't imagine what would happen to those poor toads. <sighs> For Toad the sake army. of the toads only. So Jazara will go back to, to the hole and just like, have you perhaps learned a lesson yet? Clearly don't fight with fish. It's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, maybe the next time we're in a town that sells like, like real stuff, maybe you owe Asha like a gift of some <laughs> sort. <laughs> Something not fish related. <laughs> Just saying, and like Jazara is crouched at the end of the hole, like saying this to Val. She's like, maybe you should get her something like not fish related at some point. Like I don't know, a, a book, some flowers, something, coffee. <laughs> just coffee, yes, chocolate, something. <laughs> like just yes, like mom. just saying. So uh, Jazara will uh, put her rope down uh, into the <laughs> hole. I first of all, Val, I want yes. you to roll me a strength check. To get your claws out of the hole. Oh, boy. Because you are stuck at the moment. Eleven. Eleven. You do get them out. Like, you have to, like, you put your feet down, which is a little bit on your tippy toes, and uh, because of how, like, high you'd stuck your hands up, and you just kind of, like, pull one hand out, which, and, then you, and that hurts your claws. You're over there shaking your hand, because that hurt. And you got to do it again. You got to pull your claws out of the other one. They're all still intact, luckily for you, but that hurt. Yeah. Can that be compensation? Because that hurt. And uh, Jazara's going to drop some rope down uh, to you. And you have the same choice of you can just try to like climb up gym class style or you can pull a rope and tie it around yourself and then uh, the girls can help pull you out. I will I will help my, my way out of this hole. <laughs> going to tie it to yourself? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm going to, like, as they're pulling me, I'm going to climb up too. Okay. So I will so, help them help me out. <laughs> okay. So, you can roll a uh, strength check with advantage, and Jazara will roll one, two. 20. Nat 20. Nat 20. All right. So, you <clears throat> go, and with the rope tied around you as Jazara's pulling you back, you now you can stick your claws into the ice in a way that's not so deep, and you can just, like, kind of, like, 
spider climb your way up and you like kind of skitter and your claws make this really kind of interesting like clashing sound against the ice and you just like mm. skitter right on up so and uh, you just pop right over the edge so no big deal to you so this is the second time around <laughs> thank you it's like okay well that was something <laughs> and uh no other is gonna say did anybody want to look at any of this stuff or did we just want to keep going now that I know none of them actually have holes in them and the holes are useless, I'll actually go through them. Okay. You can roll me an investigation check. Asher, are you going to look around? Yes. Okay. Go ahead and roll me one as well. Fourteen. Fourteen for Val. Thirteen for Jazz. Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Uh, okay. We are going to have... I'm going to have one of you first start by rolling a D8. The one that looks like a diamond. Three. Three? Mm-hmm. Uh, who rolled that? Uh, Asha? Yeah. Yeah? So you, as you're fiddling around a little bit, you find a spyglass hidden in Ooh. one of the uh, bedrolls. It's a, it's oh, a fairly nice looking spyglass. It's made out of, you know, it's a, a decent metal. It's not like super expensive looking, but it it's functional. Like you pick it up and you look through it and everything and it's functional. Um, for a gold value, I'd say about 15 gold. Alright, uh, Val, roll me a d8, but don't get a 3. Like, so, like, if you roll a 3, just roll something else. 5. 5. <laughs> uh, as you're digging around these bedrolls, you notice that one of them has a really nice silk pillow. So, it's just like, you're looking around, a lot of the rest of it is all, like, torn and dirty, or so, but somebody clearly gave some kind of a shit about, like, just their comfort and stylish stuff, and there's a really nice silk pillow here. Okay. So you can take that if you'd like. And that's uh, in my pack. Chizara got a one, <laughs> and she got a... She finds a pair uh, in, like, somebody's personal pack. She finds a very small pair of studded ruby earrings. So. Oh, very nice. To write that down. What's the gold value on that? Uh, 30 gold. Uh, Val, your pillow is a five gold pillow. But it is real silk, though. So. Not spider silk. <clears throat> that would be expensive. Mm-hmm. Cool. Alrighty. So, uh, you guys just look through the area and everything like that. You don't see anything else of any kind of value. The rest of it's just bedrolls and stuff like that. And you have... You don't really want to take people's used bedrolls with you, yeah, no. so... And uh, so you guys keep uh, going, and Jazara's going to take the lead as you guys go through these uh, this tunnels and stuff like that. So you guys start moving along. You go, you go down the tunnel. The, I'm assuming you guys don't want to go down the tunnels you've already come, so you go no. through the only one you haven't. And you go towards the ed- uh, edge of this pool, and you find another frozen lake. Great. However, this time, there is no board or anything, but this lake is much, much bigger. And you get to the edge of this water... And you're kind of staring at it because you don't really know how to get across. You can see that it goes back and then kind of turns a bit to the left. And it gets really kind of dark over there. Uh, You can see the walls and everything like that, but it does turn away from, like, where you can see it all. And uh, you're kind of standing there for a second. And just about that time when you're standing there trying to, like, contemplate how the hell are we supposed (laughs) to get across this or do we get across this, the surface of the water bubbles a lot. Bubbling. 
a lot, a lot. It's not rippling, it's bubbling. And Lord have mercy. it bubbles in like a five foot like circle and up out of the water comes the biggest fucking toad you've ever seen in your life. And, and when Asha I she knows that her reaction should be fear, but all she can do is muster a deep, deep sigh. Truly, truly, this toad is just stupidly large. This toad is probably about ten feet uh, from like, like where it's uh, from top to bottom. It, that's about a ten foot toad. It's, like, you can consider it about the size of the Pokemon Lapras, like, the back part of it. Like, it's like that. It's huge. And this single giant toad comes up out of the water, probably about five feet from where you guys are, and just lets out this really deep ribbit and stares at you. What would you like Mm. to do? No shot at me befriending this one, you think? No. Well... Uh, J- Jazz is gonna lean over to you and just like feed it a fish before it tries to eat us. <laughs> Hold, please. I must reach into my bra, <laughs> where apparently I keep my fish. It's exactly <laughs> where you keep fish. <laughs> fish pouch. Fishy pouch. Go. For the listeners, uh, Ani has just put her fake fish in her bra, <laughs> and out it has come. Exactly. So go ahead and roll an animal handling check uh, to give this uh, giant toad a uh, a fish. I don't have one. Seventeen. Seventeen. That toad stares at you. It stares at you, and it gets and it sinks into the water, and you're like, okay. And then it, it suddenly rises up out of the water directly in front of you. It's gigantic ass mouth opens, reaches forward, closes around your hand, and then slurps the fish out of it, leaving your hand in a little bit of slimy toad slime. But it eats the fish. It looks at you. It turns itself around, sinks into the water a little bit, but raises its back up. So its back is out of the water. And uh, it kind of looks like a boat that you could just get on. Like it's offering you a ride. Well... Miss Slimy Hand says, all aboard. Alright. Uh, Y'all weird. can't ever tell me that my love for animals or obsession with them has never led you astray. The previous fish incident withstanding. Notwithstanding. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we're, we, better, we better not um, waste any more of this precious time. Jazara's just going to be like, I'm not even going to question this shit anymore. Like, why <laughs> the fuck not? And you guys pop on a toad. And you take the Toad Boat Express across toad this <laughs> across this water. Now, the shore that it drops you off on, it's probably about a 40-foot wide little, like, pond area. Um, and it drops you off on the other side because it, it takes you over there. It sinks itself down, like, so that you can, like, pop right off. And as soon as you get off, it kind of, like, sinks itself back into the water. And Jazz will kind of lean over to you. He's like, I hope you still have another fish for the ferry ride back. <laughs> you got two fish left. I also right. save them fish, man. I mean, two that I bought. I also packed the ones that Jazz threw on top of me. That's fair. We'll I say you have five. Yeah, we'll say you have five fish now. <laughs> you have five fish in total. So, you guys, you get off. Now, the cave is much narrower here than it was before. But you, as you step off of this frog, you feel an intense warmth around you, which is really bizarre to you. 
and but you see light from a fire what looks like a really big fire is uh just around the bend bend of the cave and uh and jazara's gonna like press herself up against the wall because she can hear and so can you somebody talking and there's just huge heat wave coming from over there uh, but she, Jazara presses herself against a wall and she like puts a finger to her lips for you guys to be quiet. Uh, what would you like to do? You can like I'm listen gonna and stay you can do whatever. Put. I'm going to stay okay. put, but I'm going to listen because okay. clearly I don't, I should not be the one moving forward. Okay. Is uh, Jazz on like the right side of the cave, the left side of the cave? Uh, I would say she's on like the left side of the cave. So. Okay, so I'm going to kind of hang back by the water and like kind of fall in right behind Jazz as much as I can. Okay. Like squish in. Alright, Jazar's gonna get kind of like really like close to the wall and like you guys can like peek around if you'd mm-hmm. like. Everybody roll me a perception check if you want to try and look in the I'm room. I'm envisioning a, you know, three raccoons in a coat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. 17. 19. Uh, Jazar gets a 20 in total, not Nat. So all of you uh, see this. As you look into the room, uh, a warm rush of heat comes from a massive fire burning in the center of the cavern. Uh, the smoke from the fire is venting up through what looks like a small like hole in the ceiling that's been like chipped out of the ice. Uh, the flames are really just kind of... The fire is so big it's throwing like shadows everywhere. Um, but what you can see on the far right wall illuminated by this fire is a massive painting that almost looks like a cave painting done with uh, like uh, black paint on the wall is a giant five-headed dragon mural and you see on the ground in front of it is like this little uh, thing of what looks like uh, homemade paint in front of it um, a there's a bed a couple of bed rolls off to the other side towards the left and uh, there's also one directly next to the mural itself uh, then sitting around this giant fire, you see two figures. One is a dwarf who seems to just be covered in cloaks and blankets and just all of this heavy clothing and materials and stuff like that. And next to them sits an elf whose uh, entire face is covered in tattoos that look like dragon scales. And with on the forehead, there's like this really fancy uh, kind of design, like right in the middle of the forehead. And uh, both of them are sitting there uh, with their eyes closed. Do they look asleep or do they look like they're just... They look like they're meditating. Be a shame if someone disturbed them. (laughs) Shut up. Both of them are sitting side by side. They're facing the fire, which is... They are facing the cave entrance where you would come in. Mm -hmm. But they're sitting side by side. And uh, they're both like bundled with these layers so one of them the one with the the person the female who has all the dragon scale tattoos she's uh, has a bunch of bundles of like blankets and cloaks over her as well as so does the the dwarf that's sitting next to her which the dwarf is male the uh, elf is a woman well excuse me uh my first thought is who else have we seen covered in cloaks and blankets with a blazing fire everybody that's been sick and so my first thought is how close and i'm gonna voice this out loud how close do we get if they're sick 
and Jazara will look back, and I'm assuming you guys have like leaned back out of the cave entrance. And at I that was point. whispering, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Jazara will be like, I would keep some kind of a distance of, I would say, ten feet at least, ten, probably fifteen feet would be better. Uh, just try and stay on the other side of the fire from them. That'd probably be your mm-hmm. best bet. Uh, and now are we going to talk to them, or do we think they're part of the? I think if we're gonna try and find out what's going on, we're gonna have to talk to them first. Like we can always Since fight I later. Since I can see them, can I tap them on the shoulder with my mage hand? Uh, you can. You will have to uh, step within sight of them because you have to have sight of uh, to tap them with your mage hand accurately. Okay. Uh, and uh, do you relay this to the group first? Yes. What do okay. you guys think? Should I do that? What do you think, Jazz? We're far I enough think, away that we won't get hurt. I think if we just step just inside of the entrance, and uh, you can just use your mage hand to get their attention, and uh, just don't raise any weapons. I would say just keep your weapons down, obviously, in case they attack us first. And, uh, if, I mean, if they attack us first, it's kind of all over, but uh, we can, we should try and start this with some kind of diplomacy, I think. Yes. Now, can I... I always ask this. What is thaumaturgy again? Thaumaturgy? Thaumaturgy makes noise. So there's a couple things you can do with it. Um, you can make your voice super loud, like okay. microphone style. Um, you can cause the uh, a flame to get brighter, dimmer, or to change color. Um, okay. You can create a... Uh, instantaneous little sound effect like a creaking door or like a footstep noise okay um you can make uh faint animal sounds like uh bird calls and stuff like that uh you can unlock a door or window and cause it to fly open it will only do that you can't do it quietly it has to fly open at really fast speeds okay um now and you can change the color of your eyes Okay. Temporarily. With minor illusion, could I send, like... Basically, could I send a visual message to be like, Hi, how are you? Like, imagine little no. fireworks going off spelling hi. No, um... Okay. Minor illusion doesn't make any sound. You can make an image of, like, a person. Uh, kind of. Uh, it will be static, though. It can't, like, walk around and stuff like that. So you can't do movement. There's a, a more advanced version of the spell that lets you, like, mimic an actual person or something like that. Okay. So you could make, like, if you're holding, like, say you're holding some coins in your hand, you could minor illusion to make it look like they're not there. You could minor illusion some coins to make them look like they are in your hand. Or a, a scroll to make it look like it reads something else than what it does. But uh, all of, like, a vision of a full person moving around or saying anything is not uh, in, within the bounds of that spell. So nothing that I would think of could make little words appear. Alright. So, I'm just gonna take my They also hand. both have their eyes closed and are meditating. So, even if, like, they... If you put an image in front of them that didn't make any noise, they yeah. would not see it, so... Well, I was I was thinking to be, like, you know, popping sounds to be like, hello. Yeah, but, that's fair. Um, I'll just take my mage hand over and just kind of tap in between them. Okay. Like, whatever like they're sitting. Like, just tap so from I'm, one to the other, maybe? Yeah, just, like, kind of yeah. high... Okay, so all of you are going to stand towards the entrance of the cave, and Jazara will stand in front, and you can just, like, 
reach your hand out to send out mage hand from like behind her and stuff like that and you reach over and you tap the two figures uh on the shoulders and both and instantly as soon as something touches them their eyes both snap open um the dwarven male stands up on his feet but the elven woman does not and uh neither of them say anything they just stare at you um work wave time Hi. Um, hi. Hello. Uh, Hello. Are, are you guys okay? The uh, wheels on wheels. Wheels on wheels. <laughs> Good God. That's Sorry, a- I only have frozen fish. And Jazara's just gonna kind of just like close her eyes for just a split second, just thinking to herself. Oh God. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. The dwarven figure uh, is gonna like take a kind of a shaky step forward, but he takes a step forward. Who are you? Why are you here? Uh, we're not from around here, but we were just in town at Pale Bank, trying to help out the townsfolk. And Jazara's kind of look at the the elven woman, and she's like, I do believe we ran into your sister. She looks uh, to be in a very similar situation as you. And the elven woman who is sitting kind of like focuses more on that, and uh, she kind of leans forward. And what would you know of my situation? Um, well, let me take a wild gander and say you're partially frozen. She doesn't say anything. She just kind of looks at you. And Chazara uh, is going to take a, a single step forward. She's, and she's going to say, judging by your silence, I'm going to assume we're correct. But judging by the fact that you're possibly just as frozen as your sister, I'm going to assume you don't have any better idea of what can you be used to cure this then she does but then again that's why you sent the bandits to uh pelk's curiosities isn't it hulil and the elf who is hulil <laughs> and uh it like focuses on her and uh she says well you all seem to know quite a bit i don't suppose you have the cure for all of this too not yet. We've been trying to find answers. Of course. Your sister clearly was not interested in our help. Well, she's typically not very amendable to most things. Good to know. But that's always been her way. And uh, you notice at that point, like as she sits a little straighter and like she adjusts some of her blankets, she's wearing a medallion that is also a five-headed dragon on it uh, that is made out of uh, what looks like a black metal and it sits in the middle of her chest. Uh, and she's going to uh, look at you and she says, well, I guess since their cat is out of the proverbial bag, if you will, yes, I have the illness, so does my companion here. And uh, he will enter, He will step forward a little bit and uh, he said, and uh, you, he's standing, so you can tell he doesn't have it as badly as she does, but uh, he... When he steps, it is very, like, blockish, like, heavy uh, movement. Yeah. It's a little bit lumbering. So you could kind of imagine that maybe one of his feet is possibly frozen, if not both of them. But he's still managing to stay, like, upright. And she says, I'm trying to earn coin to go back to Shady Creek Run and hope somebody there in the family can give us a cure. I'm not interested in fighting with any of you. I'm not interested in anything to do with this town anymore. I just want a cure. I got nothing for that. Jazara, uh, she's going to 
close a little bit of the distance not a, not a whole lot she's gonna take like a couple steps in the room so that she's in the cave proper uh are you guys gonna follow behind or stay towards the back i'm gonna follow yeah i'm gonna follow and kind of you know to the side so we're like shoulder to shoulder okay put jazz a little further forward so i can put you guys there at least if we're yeah. together we look somewhat menacing <laughs> There you go. You can't really walk. And it is three to two, so as you step into this cave, you can see now on the wall where it had, it had expanded, where you could see it, there is a very large chest sitting there, uh, and it has very intricate dragon carvings, and on the very top of it has a dragon head uh, with a mouth very slightly open, uh, like the way it's carved, like into the top. And uh, But she's going to look at you, and uh, Hulil is. She's like, and uh, she says, look, my people were supposed to find items from Aeor. And Ergon, when he came to the town, boasting of all of the fantastical things he found while he was exploring, he sold most of them to Pelks. So he took the opportunity to just grab and go. At least that was the plan. We went in, stole a bunch of shit, thought maybe we'd wait to see if he was going to sell any other things, because according to the gossip around town, he'd kept some things. But he didn't sell anything else. And turns out he started to get sick. And so did the rest of us. Turns out it's the the fri- frigid woe, as they call it. One of the lovely curses to come out of Aeor. Frigid woe. Alright. is gonna be say, how do you know the name of it? And Hulil will kind of like straighten, but she'll kind of sigh at the same time. And she's like, it's not necessarily unheard of. The frigid woe has a tendency to infect people who go exploring some of the laboratories of Aeor. Of course. Laboratories? What, what, what were they experimenting on? In Aeor? Anything. Everything. Everything magical, dangerous. Everything from weird magical crops to diseases that were supposed to kill the gods. They were especially fond of those. People think that maybe this frigid woe was some kind of basis for something like that. Something to slowly freeze you from the inside out. Would work great on some unsuspecting god who thought maybe they weren't, you know, susceptible to human maladies. So... Can I send a... Sorry, can Val send a... um, a message to Asha and ask her if she's got any books like if any of the books that we have that she has have curses from Aeor sure yeah so you are going to use message for the first time I believe which is cool so message is a spell that lets you very briefly say a sentence uh, from your mind into the mind of somebody else you can see Mm -hmm. and uh, so you from, like, telepathically sent a text message to Asha. <laughs> and, uh, I believe there's a... Yep, so you just have to, like, concentrate for a second. You can look at Asha, and you can send a, uh, a little, uh, message to her. So what exactly would you like to ask? Um, if she can... I guess she can't check now, unless you want to check now. Um, if she can check and see if there are any curses listed in any of her books... And I'm gonna go, hmm. I'm going to use um, my feline of fame knowledge, myth. <laughs> okay. I'm going okay. to use the magic word awaken. Okay. And, so and use... you're wearing this the bracelet. Like which mm-hmm. uh, which arm are you wearing it on? Left. Left. Okay. So you got this little 
bracelet on you. You speak the command word and like it warms and then the cat figure that is uh, the bracelet starts to rotate around your wrist and then when it comes up onto the top of your wrist, it poofs into this magical kitty cat. And I'm going to pet it and I'm going to ignore the look that Val's giving me and I'm going to pull out the first book and then do I need to say a magic word for him to... No, you can just ask him. He'll speak. Okay. He speaks to you, so he, he right. talks. Myth and he, oh, sorry. He like scratches his little back, and he does that kitty cat stretch. Where he stretches his butt way in the air, and he kind of shakes himself, kind of like sitting on your. He's extraordinarily light, like far mm-hmm. lighter than any kind of like actual cat of that size would be. And he kind of like sits there on your on your arm for a minute, which you have like extended up from, and uh, he kind of looks around. You know, for a second, he takes in, like, the two strangers and everything. He takes in the two of you and the cave and everything. And he just kind of looks at you and it's just like, well, this is a shitty place to be. Why are we here? <laughs> oh, I, I like ask him myself already. that all the time. <laughs> um, Great. If you're going to bring me places, the least you could do is bring me somewhere nice. I try. I'm so sorry, baby. I'm so sorry. Sorry. Right. And he, like, cat rubs against food? you. Yeah. Myth can eat. Would you like a fish? Myth will turn and like look at you. You're gonna give him one of the good ones. You're not gonna give him one of those nasty ones that already hit the floor. No. His eyes laser focus on that <laughs> fish. And but as he like turns his head to like talk to Asha, he's like, "Whatever you need, you need to ask me now because if I get my claws on that fish, anything you want me to do is gone." Okay. Uh, <laughs> we have I have three books and I need you to look through them. Uh huh. Real quick to see if you have. Find His any tail is swishing faster and faster. Maybe, maybe. I need you to pay attention. I will. I promise. I will make her give you the good fish. I promise. Like, he's like, I'm totally, totally focusing. Absolutely, he's not looking at you at all. <laughs> totally <laughs> focusing. Sweet boy. And I, give his, I give his ear a little, the softest tug, right? Like, hello. Um, just enough for him to flick it. And it's like, now I know he's listening. And um, I need you. In to one find- ear directly yeah, exactly. forward the other year exactly. pointed at you exactly hmm. <laughs> and i'm like okay find any mention of frigid woe in any of these three books and i'm just gonna put them on the ground for him to look at and i'm gonna break his eye contact <laughs> with the fish, and i'm going to set him down and uh fine please he does a big cat stretch, shakes his whole body, and then he pops up onto the first book, which is the Dwindalian Empire book. And uh, he sits there for a second, you know, and uh, he kind of tilts his head from one side to the other. And uh, then he pops over to the next book and uh, dismissing the Dwindalian Empire book. Uh, and and I think how he dismisses it is to kind of do that cat stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Yep. Pretty much. So he pops over to the next one, which is the Uthodern book. He sits there for a second, tilts his head from one side to the next. You see his eyes kind of glow with constellations as his, Aww. like, pupils disappear, and you just see swirling stars and constellations in his eyes instead. And uh, he kind of sits there for a second, pops over to the next book, and kind of, like, kicks the other one away from him. Uh, and he lands on the History of Wild Mount book, mm-hmm. which is up to the Calamity. Uh, so it's a couple hundred years old at this point. Uh, and he sits there for a minute. He sits there for a minute longer, and he says, "This is the only book that has any mention of a frigid illness." 
And okay. they don't call it the frigid woe, but there is a brief mention of experimentation for freezing people and ice sculptures. And, and I'm kneeling down beside him, and I throw the other two books in the book bag without even looking at them anymore, and I go, ask him, what page? Uh, 352. Thank you. And then, so, now you may have fish. He, as soon as, like, you you say thank you, he does not even sticking around. He has vanished entirely in a poof of smoke. He appears on Valkaria's shoulder for a very brief second, just enough to dig his claws in to push off of her. Just vanishes again in another poof of smoke. You're, the fish that you were holding is gone. And then he is now, like, 15 feet on the other side of the room, appearing <laughs> in another puff of smoke with fish. <laughs> And, and I, you will not be getting any further information out of him. <laughs> I can tell you that. Until that fish has been thoroughly consumed. Down oh, to yes. Five, down to four fish. And it's like, okay, well, enjoy. Jazara, welcome. I'm standing through, back up. And through I all of that, Jazara is just, like, staring at both of these people. And they're both just staring back at her. And they're all, it was just a stare off during all of this. Like, like that is the only thing that happened. Mind book cat exactly um uh so then i'm go obviously i've got the book in my hand and i'm going to page 352 uh okay i'm gonna start to i'm gonna start to read and i scan down okay and... so you can start reading like some of that paragraph and stuff like mm -hmm. that um while she's doing that val is there anything particular you want to be doing no i'm just watching the cat okay so Jazara's going to still keep her distance from them, but she's going to address Hulil, and she's going to say, you stole quite a few things from Pelk's curiosities. Do you know which of them is causing this illness? And she nods, and Hulil nods. At this, like, she has no reason to want to fight you at this point. Like, mm -hmm. she is very ill. Uh, her companion is very ill. Um, and they at this point their only goal is really just to survive so they know starting a fight with you is not something they want to do she has more um, sense than her sister pretty much mm -hmm. she's going to say there were these three blue vials one of them kind of got lost in the shuffle of everything but another one we believe was cracked and some of it got out and we didn't realize that until we were investigating it and it had kind of gotten a little bit of everywhere. The bag it came in, and in pretty much anybody who touched the bag had gotten it at some point. And we have the other vials, along with the other things that we stole. And she gestures over to that stone chest that's over there. She says, it's, it's all in there. It's like she's, and is, she, it, is she, it unlocked? The chest? She says, no. But I don't happen to have the key. One of my people had the key. Can you describe like, which person had the key? Kind of looks like a twink on crack. Ah. Their friend. That's a friend. And she just kind of looks at you like, bathtub? <laughs> and she's like, I don't want to know. Twink on crack. She's like, if you can get into it, you're welcome to it. What Asha, whatever else is in there as well. Asha, did you find a key on, on bathtub tweaker? No. You guys didn't find any keys. No? Okay. Uh, then again, you guys didn't search him either. That's true. We don't have time to go back and search him now. Um, well, and Jazara's gonna say, we could just 
open the chest. If we can get the vials, we can make sure we can contain whatever illness this is. And if we can contain it, I don't know, put it in a, a different chest that Elro can keep safe, maybe bury it, send it out to sea, something. Jazara's just gonna look at you and she says, no. And then she's gonna go back to, like, talking to everyone else. And she's like, first of all, it's a potentially magical illness. You don't know what fire would do to it. So, like, let's start with that. Um, fire melt ice. But, uh, but she, yeah, she's gonna say, like, if we can get it open, because it is a stone chest. You're not moving this chest. That's very obvious. Um, she's like, but if we can get it open, we could take the the illness, the disease, and make sure it doesn't get to anybody else. Everybody well, who's infected. She's like, how heavy is this chest? I'm not saying we're gonna lug it out of here, but I do have a pocket of space we can put it in. What pocket of space do you have? Didn't you say that comes with the? Uh, not the at the mids? level you're at. Oh, okay, never mind. It comes at level four, I believe. Damn. Okay, never mind. And I, uh, I believe the grunchy gloves are three feet by two feet, and when you open it, like it's like at like chest level, so it opens upward. So like okay. it opens from like your hips up. So. Okay. You could technically, if you wanted to, you could get on the ground and try to figure out how to like open it in a way that it won't partially submerge into the ground and stuff like that. But typically, if you're going to open it, you just reach out like you're turning a door handle. And you just open a door in space. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you don't have that quite yet. quite yet. Damn. So I, I assume one day in the future you will use it as a fish uh, freezer, but it, not at this time. Um, but uh, it is uh, the stone chest is about 500 pounds. Okay. Um, can I try and pick it? Or at least... Who's better at the lockpicking? I think Jazz would be, wouldn't you? Um, let's see. It's sleight of hand and thieves tools. None of you are technically great, but Jazara is the one who has thieves tools. So she has the ability to use thieves tools for like lockpicking and stuff like that. However, I do believe the grunchy gloves of mischief gave you proficiency in sleight and sleight of hand mm -hmm. and lock picking so let me oh the joy you just gave her i know it's one of the reasons i gave her what i did let me double check notice the... that your gift was mischief my gift was knowledge <laughs> <laughs> let's see these say anything about our actual personalities not at all <laughs> Can't say I don't know ya. Nope. Yeah, you gain a proficiency in sleight of hand, so you do now have a proficiency in sleight of hand. Um, well, I have to wear the, these gloves to have the proficiency, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, you have to be wearing the, gonna... the grunchy gloves. Yep, so Val is just going to slip on her blue fuzzy gloves and get to work on this stone chest. So, before you do that, just so you know, that makes your sleight of hand a plus three. Just, just so you're aware. You will have to borrow Jazara's thieves' tools because you don't mm -hmm. have your own. But if you want to pick any locks, you could just ask to borrow them from her. So you do have a proficiency in sleight of hand now. Uh, before you approach, as you like, go to walk up to this chest, give me a perception check, please. And uh, Asha can give me one as well. Okay. Have I finished reading the book? 17. 
17. Okay. Yeah, so uh, we'll skip over to Asha just real quick. You're skimming through this par paragraph. It talks briefly about some of the experiments that are happening at Aeor. Uh, it's, it's slightly written in, like, old common. So, like, a little bit like reading Shakespeare. Uh, so, like, it, it's just kind of, like, takes you that Literally second of, like, right. seriously. If just, like, the, the flourishes in the language are just, like, oi. But, uh, so you're reading <laughs> through like... it. So you're reading through it, and it talks about some of these experiments that had happened. Some of them talk about this, uh, this uh, <clears throat> experimentation that was used, and there was this blue powder... And it started to freeze people uh, and turn them into blocks of ice. And it briefly talks about how one woman was uh, banned from the city because she created an ice sculpture out of the people that she experimented on. <laughs> like she That's... created an ice sculpture garden and had all of these frozen people like spread throughout her uh, her garden. That, that reminds me of something in the V.E. Schwab series that I read. Mm. No, see, the very first thing is Chronicles of Narnia. The, in the, oh, the, like, yeah. And they're all frozen. See, yeah. they kind of essentially have something like that in the in the White London, in that series. Because mm. the Dane twins that have taken over White London, they basically turned everyone that they don't like into stone in their front yard. Yeah. Well, why would you want to look at them in your front yard? I would put them somewhere I couldn't see them. <laughs> that's fair. That's very fair. They're sadistic. That's what I, I would do. Like, look at what I did. I mean, I remember them. They were enough in the book I, of the series. I ah. enough, but blue powder turned people to ice. Does the does the um, woman who was did you say banned? Yes, banned. What was her name? Does it does it say her name or is she a who we do not talk about kind of character? Uh, her name looks like uh, it was like it's been admitted purposefully, okay. but very in small handwriting on the bottom you can uh, make out old uh, ink and there is a name and let me write that down real quick the name uh, Tomil Tolin so uh, T-O-M-I-L T-O-L-I-N T-O-L-I-N okay at least didn't have to learn a lot of letters to spell that name when they were a child fair very um, fair. But I imagine for a child that was probably really a pain because you'd get it like mixed up a lot. Oh, the little tongue twister? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yes. And uh, on that note, we'll switch back over to uh, it does not mention a cure of any kind. It just mentions that her experiments were stopped and that uh, uh, but it is believed that it was taken over possibly by somebody else and you're not really sure who because uh, it starts to then ramble about the legal, like the legal repercussions of like what happened to her and like her banning from the city and like all this stuff. You could read further into it to see if you could figure out, you know, like who this person was that might have taken it over and all that. But uh, uh, you could read that further if you'd like to. Mm -hmm. uh, either okay, now I'll kinda, or I'll kind of keep scanning as uh, the lock picking ensues. That's fair. The uh, you know, anxiously looking over the top of the book. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping an eye on Val. <laughs> looking out for any stray fish. <laughs> Checking on Myth in the corner there. Now is Myth going to stay in? Does, Myth does will Myth be stay? uh Myth will be a cat until you make him not a cat. Okay, until you. But he does him. uh 
his like way sleep. to sleep. Yeah, he does. Re- he does require being back in the form of the bracelet for at least eight hours every twenty-four hours. Okay, so like a long, a long rest, right? right. Yeah, yeah. Like, he gets he gets like, sleepy. I don't like it. The only other word, uh, Asha, as you're skimming through there, is it talks of a laboratory and a person. It talks it talks about this laboratory and it talks about the person using the same word. And so you're not really sure whether that's, like, if they're just both, this person named the laboratory after themselves, or if that's just the name of the person, vice versa. But it's the word Saul's Vault. So S-A-L-S-V-A... U-L-T. And it uses it interchangeably like it's the place, it's like it's a place and a person. So you're not really sure what's going on there. But uh, uh, you make a little uh, note of that as you're looking. Now, uh, Valkaria, you rolled a 17 on your perception check. So you ask Jazara, I'm assuming, for her lockpicking kit, which she offers to you. And uh, But she, as you approach, you'll have to have your back to these people, so she's mm-hmm. gonna stand on the other side of you to, like, stand between eye you on them. and them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you, as you approach it, you kind of, like, get down and you're, like, looking at it. It's beautiful, like, carving stonework. Mm-hmm. It's very detailed. Like, it looks like there's a dragon perched on top of it with, like, its uh, wings and claws, like, wrapped around it. So, like, it's very beautiful and detailed. There's, like, really fine scale work and stuff like that. The very top of the chest is this really ornate, large dragon head. And as you kneel down to look at it, because the lock is, like, in the center where the claws come together, like, the claws are kind of, like, holding it, like, almost making a circle, and, like, the lock is right in the center. But as you kneel down to, like, look at it, it puts you more at level with, like, the face of this dragon. And as you're staring at it, you can see, like its open mouth and in around like the teeth area and along like where the tongue is very very detailed very realistic looking carved is faint lines of blue powder Ooh. and uh, you just learned that the frozen sick is blue powder uh, uh, do, huh. uh well I'll ask this question for her um do the grunchy gloves uh work like other like where it's not gonna like pass to her or that you know like it'll like... it will work as a barrier between me and well as you look at the at the thing it's in the mouth of the dragon and it's not in the lock itself mm-hmm. but as you're looking at it and you rolled really well you get the idea that if you like fuck up this like chest is mechanized to blow something through there through the mouth. and it would hit you in the face with this blue powder Huh. Now you can roll. Uh, I can have you roll an investigation check without touching the lock if you want to try and figure out about the lock. See yes. if you can learn about it and maybe like the mechanism that is controlling this dragon. My inquisitive nature says yes to that. So go ahead and roll me an investigation check, please. Twenty-one. Whoo! Very good. So you you don't touch it. You're careful not to touch it. And uh, do you tell the other two what you see? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm basically talking out loud as I'm working on this stuff. It's just there, there's blue powder in in in, in the mouth here. Don't and worry, the, Asha. I'm not gonna touch it. The second you say that, like Jazaro like whips around, and uh, like she kind of like pulls you back from it a little bit, and uh, like she kind of like looks at it uh, with you, and like you point out like what you see and everything like that, and. Uh, 
like you still want to open it so Jazara's gonna take her cloak and she's gonna like fold it over a bunch of times and she's gonna tell you to like cover your mouth with it mm-hmm. so as you get closer to it it, it you know like there's Works less chance mask. of you breathing yeah. it in yeah I have a question that might be kind of dumb go for Maybe it it'll be like you know using an anvil to <laughs> do this but could I use something like shield of faith to protect her? like if I would that uh or is that like overkill or is, would it it's not, not a physical shield that comes up around her like error and things like that still pass through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes her harder to hit because like the shimmer because oh, yours we uh, talked about in the last episode looks mm-hmm. like an aurora borealis that mm-hmm. goes around. It makes her harder to like see which makes it harder for people okay. to like hit her okay. um, but it doesn't make it so that like there's any kind of physical Particles like barrier. Okay. Yeah. okay. Just thought I'd try Sure something. yeah no. It's a good idea. <laughs> Appreciate it. It's always good to, like, try out your spells in different mm-hmm. ways. Like, that always that's always a good thing to try. Um, I don't believe any of you have a spell that would do anything against that. Not really. I mean, I have a physical shield that I guess I could stick in front of her, but then she'd be really hard-pressed to work. <laughs> Couldn't True. see from through your shield. So, uh, you, Val, you're very careful not to touch it. You have your little graunchy gloves on. And uh, you kind of, like, look around at the mechanisms. You look behind the chest, and you can see that the scales that go down, like, the back of the dragon work as part of the gears for this. And you're certain there's some kind of mechanism in it that sucks air in and would push it out through, the like, the mouth of this dragon. Um, so I'm going to have you roll me two sleight of hand checks. The first one is to disable the dragon, like, the mechanisms on the back of the dragon. So go ahead and roll me one. You better roll better than you ever. 17. 17? Okay. So you get back there, and you're, like, you're focusing on, like, all the details of how... Because you notice it's all made out of stone, but as you push on some of it, some of it moves, and some mm-hmm. of it doesn't. It's so you take crap. a moment to, like, study it. You, uh... You lived in a city with the Silent Hammers and their dwarves, you know? They have fine tinker, stone yeah. craftsmen. And uh, then you also have the Crystal Catchers, who are, like, tinkers, and, like, they made really weird contraptions and stuff like that. And this looks like an unholy combination of the two. <laughs> and, like, so you just, you take some time, and you, like, you, like, adjust the scales, and you, like, notice that there's some, like, little latches and stuff like that, that, like, some of the scales, like, pull out a little, and you slowly disable the mechanism. It takes you a couple minutes. And the whole time you're doing this, Hulil and her companion are laser focused staring at you and it's a little unnerving that fact that they're staring at you this way and uh you are focused on this but asha and jazar are not so asha roll me an insight check please hulil wants whatever is in that chest and you get the impression that maybe one of the reasons she didn't leave is she can't get into that chest. She told you she didn't have the key, but it's also booby-trapped, so she wasn't really willing to trigger it to make it worse. Also occurs to you that maybe her illness came from triggering it in the first place. She, you get the deep impression that she wants whatever's in there, and you guys, if you open it, that's a great way to get it. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily know if she's going to try and fight you for it, but there's a severe intensity to her look. And mm-hmm. as you guys are fiddling with this, her hand is on this five-headed dragon symbol that hangs around her neck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, 
I'm still focused on this. Uh-huh. And but uh, I'm gonna... Go ahead. Val's gonna just kind of pretend like she hit a snag because she her, her tiefling senses are going, something is a little off and I feel eyes on me. I feel like I'm being watched. So, like, Val's gonna pretend like she hit a snag. Uh-huh. But she's gonna send a message to both of you. Okay. Be like, is it me or is... She is who will really intent on what I'm about to find in here. And, uh, Asha, you can go ahead and respond if you like. Yeah, I was gonna barely perceptible nod, and I'm going to, um, I've been holding the book. I'm, you know, obviously got what I needed out of it, so I'm gonna shove it in my bag, and I'm gonna angle my body in such a way that my non dominant hand is towards Lil and. Val, but I am starting to reach for my dagger on my right hand side. Okay. So do I'm, you s- I'm prepared. Do you say anything to Val or Zara through the message? Uh, I'm gonna go with just si- like a silent, mm-hmm, like a, it's a silent nod. Just a quick. Nod. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Jazara, who kind of like casually steps, not even casually. She's just been staring at Halil and her companion the whole time. <laughs> and she's standing between Val and these people. And she's just been staring at her. And uh, Jazara will answer you. And she says, she really seems to want whatever's in there. I think whatever is in there is going to be very important to us. And it's probably something they shouldn't have in the long run. Now, can my mage hand somehow... Because I can't do it now because she's holding on to it. But can yeah. my mage hand grab the necklace that Hulil is holding on to? If she ever um, lets it go? It is it off? around her neck with a chain. So you chain. could okay. pull that off. It looks like... And the grip she has on it and the ch- the thick chain that she's wearing it on... Um, she honest and the the painted mural that matches it and the like there's paint everywhere and stuff like that she has dragon scale tattoos tattooed on her face you get the feeling that if you tried to take whatever this is from her she will fight you to the death for it it's a good thing she's half frozen and uh so jazara is uh gonna step forward and try and like distract them a little bit and she's gonna be like is there anything else we need to know about what's in here and anything we can do to expedite your trip out of here. Because hmm. we would really appreciate it if you left and didn't come back. And uh, the companion of Hulil is going to step forward. And, he, and he, he says, we don't want anything from you. We just need enough money to leave. And is uh, going to kind of narrow her eyes a little bit. And she's like... You're telling me that being a bandit and stealing a bunch of stuff didn't earn you enough money to get the hell out of here? You robbed a store. Twice, for that matter. Why exactly are you still here? And uh, they both kind of like share a very brief look, but neither of them say anything. And uh, Hulil looks over to her companion and she says, Raygrin, his name is uh, Raygrin. But yeah, uh, R-A-E-G-R-I-N. And uh, she says, Raygrin and I, and she's like, Raygrin and I are too ill to move on our own. We were waiting for our companions to get back with enough money for us to perhaps buy carts to get out of here in a more stable manner. And she kind of like thumps her leg on the floor 
She says, I'm clearly not exactly fit to be riding any horses, now am I? And Jazara's like, well, it's good to see you're just as pleasant as your sister. Uh, Val's gonna chime in, not looking up from what she's working on, just be like, then how come you're so interested- Like, oh, no, 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 he's gonna ask. Be really interesting if there was just a lot of coin in this very intricately designed chest that you are waiting for, wouldn't it? And she just gives you, like, this very nasty smile. Hmm. Still not looking at her. Uh, at that point, if you would like to try and open the chest, you have officially and successfully disabled it. Cool. And you could try and uh, open it if you'd like, mm-hmm. and you can give me another sleight of hand check. 22. 22. Ooh. Where have these rolls been all your life? Jesus. Uh, so you reach down, and you've got your little graunchy blue gloves, and you've got these thieves' tools, and it takes you just a second. Like, you just kind of, like, pick the lock, and... You stick the little tools in there, and then you hear this very satisfying click, and the jaw of the dragon closes, and it like in a very like rumbling of stone, and it closes together, and the claws that are holding this lock part, and the a seam of where this uh, stone chest mm-hmm. is going to open like appears, and you have unlocked the chest. All right, I want to send another message. To these two, and be okay. like, guys, I just unlocked it because I'm guessing no one else heard the click but me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a loud click. Yeah, so even though like Hulil and Raygrin are watching, they they haven't noticed because I'm still like I'm guessing behind it or am I in front of it now? You would be in front of it. You have to be in, in front, front of it. it to okay, so they haven't seen or heard anything, and I'm sending a message to Val and o- to Jazz and Asha, going, guys, I opened it, and either yeah, pin them down. Or something, because I really don't want them coming at me whenever I open and see whatever's in this. And Jazara, she doesn't say anything, but she kind of focuses on Halil, and she says, If there's money in here, if you had it, would you be able to leave? And I'm not really interested in fighting with you. If you guys could leave and take your sister and any other bandits you have around and just get out of the city and don't come back, I'm willing to let you go. Halil and her companions kind of like share a look. And there's there's a frustrated look on Hulil's face, but there's also a bit of a defeated look on Hulil's face because at this point she's weighing whatever it is that she wants versus what she needs, and what she needs is a healer, survival, of, yeah, yeah, and to and to survive and to get the fuck out of here because there is no healer in this town that can get like uh-huh. heal this. She will have to go somewhere else, and it is quite a distance to wherever like the next town would be. And uh, so she knows that time is really just pushing against her at this point. And she says, We just need enough coin to leave. We couldn't sell some of the things to any of the merchants in town earlier. And all of the other coin is, is trapped in there. And only one person had the key. And he hasn't come back. If you can give us the things of monetary value... At least a couple hundred gold worth would be good. We could use it to purchase, or at least trade, for carts to leave. And she looks like it really pains her to say that. Like, to, to say, to give up whatever is in there. Must be desperate. Alright. Death so. is usually something to yep. be desperate over. Yep. Well, so. I don't have a hundred gold. Well, it may be you do. 
in the chest. But ah. Asha's gonna move right up behind uh, Val. So, and she's she's ready. She's ready for this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Valkaria, do you open it? Yeah, I'm gonna go three, two, one, and you know, telepathically, okay. and be like, boom. And you so. use a lot. It takes a lot of yeah. uh, your energy to like push this chest open. Because it is solid stone, and you, like, with a, just a thunderous noise, like, the lid moves back. And uh, you open the chest, and inside, you see quite a few of these stolen goods that were in there before. You see a, a gilded scroll case, and you notice on it, it has a uh, very intricate, beautifully carved in ivory uh, cosmological map of the multiverse. And uh, that, for the record, is worth 15 gold pieces. They're... Ivory. Yeah. And, like, it's got gold, like, on the ends of it. All right. There is also a jade statue of a storm giant. Is this the same jade statue we were missing? Yep. Okay. That is worth 25 gold pieces. You said storm giant? Yes. 20 gold. 25, sorry. There is a quiver of arrows. So you have, there's a jasper ring set in there. There's Can also- I ask an inane question? Sure. How would we, just as we were taking things out of the thing, know the value of something? Um, or is that just a meta- That's the- kind of a, a meta thing. Like you can gauge, like if you look at say, um, like, when you go to the store, you can gauge, like, this should be in this price range of something. Okay. So you can get in your head, like, you know, this is how much this is. Um, now, technically, your characters wouldn't know how much it's worth until you took it to a store and you tried mm-hmm. to sell it. And somebody would be like, yeah, I'll give you, like, 40 gold for this. Or I'll give you, like, mm-hmm. 30 gold for this. I give you the price uh, points now because your characters would have a general idea of how much it's worth, if not, like, an exact. There might be a couple things you run into, like, here and there that you're... You know, you just have no like, idea what this is or what it's for or what it's mm-hmm. worth. But uh, a lot of, like, stones and gems and stuff like that you guys would know because you're from the Underdark and there's just a mm-hmm. lot of that there. Um, so you would have a, a general concept of, like, the, the, the worth of some of that. Um, okay. Okay, because I was kind of just wondering, like, in the Underdark, things might be... And I know we the, the gold is the same. Yeah. I know we've kind of done that. But, like... The inherent value, yeah, of things is a little the um, between cultures, you know. That yeah, was more my... the gems and things like that are not worth as much in the underdark because, like, crystals and things like that are very prevalent there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, a crystal is like a dime a dozen in the underdark, which would, but it would be worth a lot more up here on the surface mm-hmm. where they don't have an abundance of them, especially and white one that girls you have assigned value to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, so, like, they're they're worth more on the surface than they are in the Underdark. But I also give them to you because your characters have, like, a general sense of, like, how much something should cost. But also that way when you go to a, a merchant or something later and if you want to sell it, you guys will know of, like, a general estimate. Like, if I tell you it's worth 40 gold now and the merchant tries to say, well, I'll give you 15 gold for it, you know you're getting ripped off. So. Okay. So and also because I don't intend to have a list of literally everything in its monetary value, uh, so like it, if you guys go look in the future and be like, well, I want to sell this, and then you can know how much it's worth and okay. like a, a general idea. So, 
Okay. Um, Thank you. Sure, yeah, no problem. So you'll, you guys will learn, like, a little bit, like, your characters will learn a little bit about the economy and, like, how the differences between what something's worth there. Like, if you try to sell, like, a crystal, you'll be surprised by how much it goes for here um, that you have on you. And as, you know, like, it in the Underdark, it might have been, like, a couple silver, but here it might be, like, two gold instead or something like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, so there's little discrepancies in the economy. Yeah. But for the most part, and for, like, the ease of the process, I don't, I don't change it, like, a whole lot, unless it's really specific okay. stuff like that, so... Because, like, arrows, daggers, things like that, that's all about the same, so. Okay. Base equipment and stuff like that. Um, you also find a, uh, about a handful of, uh, uh, there's a, a bag, and it's got about a handful of coins in it. There's, um, a, probably about 50 gold in it, um, and there's also a, a couple of, like, precious gems scattered here and there. There's a secondary bag, which has a lot of, like, copper and silver and like a couple of gold pieces in it here and there um and Jazara will take the bag full of more money in it um (laughs) well she'll she'll take it and uh she'll say to Hulil she's like if I give you this can you use it to leave beat it (laughs) right will you get out and Hulil looks at her and she's not stopped focusing on this chest the bag of money is not something she's looking at. And now, Val- can she see what's in it, or is Val still sitting in front of it? Uh, the chest is large enough that Val- your whole body does not cover this okay. chest. Um, like she can see the edges of it. Okay. And Val, as you're like shifting things and like you're taking count of all the stuff that's in there, like as you move stuff, there's a cloth over the bottom that can be moved. Can Hulil see said cloth? No. She's sitting on the other side of the room for you, so but she I can't get the see feeling into she knows what's there. in it. Okay. Um, I thought I was gonna sneeze, and I did not. Have so. we have we emptied out the chest at this point? There's Except a cloth the covering something. No, no, no. Besides that. Yeah, you've taken the other okay. things out of it, and she has not stopped looking at the chest. Well. And I'm gonna first before Val uncovers whatever it is. Not that I don't think she's completely aware of the fact that this this is probably what everyone's looking mm-hmm. for. I'm gonna just give her a little soft, delicate nudge with my toe as a as a warning, mm-hmm. like a we're all we're looking. Everyone's looking. Mm-hmm. And Val now I can obviously Val can reopen this chest again because she knows how to do it, right? Well it doesn't lock no, you've unlocked it. If you close it, it'll stay unlocked. Oh. So it's not an automatic lock. You were going to slam it shut and be like... I was going to close it and be out. like, uh, that's what, that's it. Um. Now... Show's over, folks. Well, no. I'm thinking, can I use my thaumaturgy to pretend like it's shut? Like a You would lock. have to move the stone top of it and, like, close it. That's fine. Like, I, I, can I, like... Close it, it and then use my like thaumaturgy and sound make it sound like it's locked. Um, I'm gonna do a intelligence check for Hulil because it is her chest, so she would okay. know whether or not it, it automatically locks or not. So let me roll for her. But she does get advantage because it is her chest. Boo. Uh, she gets a uh, fifteen. She would. You think that she would probably understand that you know, like it, it doesn't automatically lock. Damn. Now the question is, are you going to move the cloth? 
I'm gonna have to, because everyone is like, that's what everyone's here to know about. It's up to you. Yeah, I'm gonna move it. I'm gonna see what's underneath. If you pull this, what you realize is uh, black silk, and you pull it back, and when you pull it back, sitting in there is a large mask. It is a half mask that looks like it, it stops just below where the eyes are, and it's probably about a foot and a half to two feet wide uh, that extends like past the face. It is made of uh, green scales and it is in a depiction of a dragon's face from like the snout up there is like no there's like a like a, a snout to it but it doesn't extend too far mm-hmm. off of the mask like a, like four or five inches and coming off of the side is almost like these horned uh um you know how like uh a triceratops yeah. has like that that crown thing around its head kind of like that um, but it comes out into, like, long spikes instead. Okay. And uh, they're made entirely of green scale. And it you look at this mask, and it's beautiful. It's detailed. The, the scales look like real scales. And it's it sets uh, as a half mask, so it, it doesn't cover the bottom part of your face, but there's an eye set where it looks like there should be, like, dragon eyes there, but there aren't mm-hmm. for somebody to look through. And it's the the way, like, the spikes on it, like, curve and everything. It looks so realistic and natural. It's hard not to stare at it because it's just probably one of the most beautiful pieces of craftsmanship you have ever seen. Um, roll me an arcana check. Uh, I don't think I have arcana. Oh, yeah, I do. Plus two. four. 23. This is one of the most dangerous, magical things you've ever seen in your life. Oh. It is powerful. And you are aware of, like, deep magic and Mm -hmm. ancient magics. And, like, you live in a city that's full of, like, wondrous and powerful magics. You live in a, a city that has a device that protects it. And, like, you've been surrounded in magic your whole life. Your, your father has, like, this ancient, like, uh, magic as well. And uh, your friends have different types of magic. Asha has this bright, like, holy energy that shines mm-hmm. like moonlight. Jazara's magic is, like, deep, and it reminds you of, like, the shadows of the caves in the Underdark. Your own magic, like, twists and, and like, pulls, like, smoke and shadow. And, like, your father's magic is very, like, bright and, like, fiery. and Because mm-hmm. uh, he's very, like, fire-based and stuff like that. This is something else. This magic, the way, like, it just brushes against your senses, tells you this is dangerous. It, like, it would be like somebody, if you pet a cat in the, like, the fur in the wrong direction. It just grates against you. Like, Mm -hmm. somebody rubs sandpaper across your senses. Like, it, you look at it and you realize this is an extraordinary powerful artifact you don't know what it does but you come to this understanding in this moment this is what Hulil has not left for and it's in the shape of this dragon and she's wearing a dragon like amulet there's a giant dragon mural on the wall she's got all these tattoos whatever this is is of extreme value to her as a person 
and whatever like dragony thing she has going on. Um, so I'm gonna just very Val is going to very um, subtly just bristle, mm-hmm. and no one will notice other than Asha and Jazz because they're so attuned to her like minuscule stuff. Yeah. So it's something you know Val isn't mm-hmm. easily surprised. Yeah. So she kind of ruffles a bit, and she's gonna close, like she's gonna cover it up again with the silk, with the with the black silk, close the stone, and as she stands up after she closes it, she's just gonna slowly turn her head, only her head, mm-hmm. towards Hulil and be like, "Explain now." She gets this this look that crosses her face of almost like evil knowledge. And she just stares at you because she understands that you have some comprehension of the what it is. depth of strength in this mm-hmm. piece. And she says, one day, one day we will use it <laughs> and the others and we will summon him. And this, and she put, she leans back against this dragon mural and she says, we will summon the gate and we will bring her here. She will come, and she will start Xandria anew, under her control, and we will all answer to Tiamat. That is but a piece in the puzzle that is already in place. Soon, you will all understand the might of the dragon. And she leans forward a little. She says, give that to me, and we will leave. Like hell, I'm going to give this to you. Mm-hmm. And Jazara, who and Asha, you don't know like what is in the box, and but uh, Jazara kind of like straightens and like stands between you know like uh, Asha and Valkaria and these two other people, and she's like, "What is that?" And she, she'll look kind of like Yuval, like she kind of like tilts her head towards Yuval, like so you know she's talking to you, mm-hmm. but she doesn't stop looking at these other people. And she, what what is that? What's going on? There is a giant half-mask with green scales, like dragon scales. It looks almost real. But Jazz, it feels wrong. Like, it it doesn't feel right. Wrong. Like, like evil wrong? Just destructive wrong. Like, in... Even in the... I feel like even in the well the most well-intentioned hands, this would just cause devastation. And Jazara kind of straightens and she turns, she faces like these people and she's like, well, I guess we know you're not leaving with that. Or you're not leaving at all. And like, Hulil kind of gets this angered look on her face and Jazara will step forward and she says, you have a choice. You can leave. We'll give you this money. You can leave, take it, Go fetch your sister and anybody else left in the city. And you can leave and just never come back. And you might actually make it to somewhere that can heal you. Or you might die trying. Or you'll die for sure here in this cave. Either way, you're not getting what's in this chest. If she says it's evil, it's evil. If she says you're not having it because it's some deep, dark, horrific power, you're not going to get it. Do yourselves a favor leave while you still have the chance. She's going to roll a persuasion check. 
At least if you actually leave this cave, you have a shot of surviving. And that is a natural 20 for Jazara. Oh okay. Oh! And, uh... Because you can tell that, like, Val is... Now Val is pissed. Yeah. Val is serious, and that is the first indication that's happening. Yeah, well, Val, Val is she's not pissed, she's serious. You're right. When Val gets serious, you know something's up. And that's, like, the reason Jazara is just, like, this is over. Like, that we're putting an end <laughs> to whatever this is. If she's serious that you aren't walking out of here with this, then that's it. That's just, this is over. <laughs> and, uh, so she's gonna, like, she's stands, like, straight, and so do you. And, uh, Ashley, you kind of all just, like, take a hard stance. And Hulil reads this, and, she, and she's aware that in this moment she's being given an ultimatum that she needs to leave with her life now and an opportunity for survival or she's not leaving this cave and she she looks really frustrated and really really angry at all of you but she says something to uh, Ray Grant in a language none of you understand and he he looks really surprised and she like they kind of like bicker back and forth for a moment but she just like harshly just cuts him off and uh and she gestures at him to come over and he walks over to her and uh, he's going to gather like their bags and he's going to help her up and Hulil very shakily stands and she says give us the money and we'll leave and she looks like she's really reluctantly saying that but she has decided that she will leave if given this opportunity because it is the only opportunity she has clearly you have more sense than your sister is my sister still alive for now then I suppose we should go get her and any other funds she may have and we will leave the city together oh fun fact she's got two really big wolves so don't startle her oh I know okay and they very slowly begin to like limp past you and you hear like the the toad like come up and like it and uh, you hear them like shuffle onto the toad and like the sound of the water as it like ripples away as the toad like takes them away. Oh man, I should have told the toad to eat them. Mm. You don't want to give the toad... You know how well it went that last time. <laughs> and you don't want to give the toad an upset stomach. We like the toad. That's, that's fair. <laughs> it was a nice toad. And is uh, going to turn and she's going to look at Valkaria and she's like, what the hell is in there? Girl, I don't know. And uh, Jazara's gonna open it because she wants to see it. So, uh, Asha, you gonna look at it too? Yep. Yeah. So you guys, you guys like look at it and like value show them this mask and everything and like. How I'll, it's I'll pull. I'll pull the black silk back because I'm still wearing the garage glove, so at least I yeah. have some extra form of protection against whatever the hell this is. Yeah. Jazara just kind of looks at it and um, both. Uh, Jazara, like, understands, like, deep magic. Her family is all about, like, spellcrafting and, like, all mm-hmm. this stuff. So she understands, like, deep magic, too. And, like, she as she stares at it. And Asha, it, like, hits your senses a little differently. Because, like, you have, like, this radiant and holy magic and everything like that. And every fiber of your being is telling you. This evil. This is so fucking evil. This is the Bad most juju. evil thing you have ever come across. And, like, it really grates on all of you. Just... To, like to look at it and see it and Jazara says we can't leave this here we cannot leave this here for these people like everyone in that town knows this cave exists all you have to do is feed that frog a fish and they'll take you right to it like we cannot leave something this 
ancient and evil and dark here for any random curious kid to find. <clears throat> Is, how are we going to carry it, though? I don't... I want no part of touching it physically. We can put have, it in the quiver. Oh, we have fine. the quiver. We should probably put it in the silk pillowcase that I found and put okay. that in the quiver. We could do that. Leave it wrapped in the silk it's currently in. Yeah, gra- they all, yeah. wrap it, yeah. put it in the quiver. Okay. And uh, so you guys, um, Val, uh, are you the one who's going to like... Yeah, I got the gloves on. I'm gonna touch it, you know, pick it up right. and wrap so it. So you in. you take the silk that was thrown over it in the beginning uh, to begin with, and like you have your gloves on, and you you don't touch it, like you wrap it up and everything like that, and you put it in this pillowcase. And uh, Jazara opens up one of these interdimensional little pockets in her quiver, and you guys like uh, put it in there and uh, zip it up, and you now have this ancient evil green dragon mask. Ancient All right. So, does that mean we go back to Pale Bank at this point? Well, you guys have the, um, there's the powder that's in, like, the dragon mouth, and then there's the, uh, um, the other vial. You guys did find the last remaining blue vial. The last blue one. And, uh, you guys, like, when, Val, when you were, like, going through this, you didn't touch the blue vial. You just, like, left it where it was, like, leaning against the the side. And Zara, uh, says, well... We can wrap this up in something else, put it in a different pocket, and uh, take this back, and Elro can perhaps find a way to dispose of it without risking exposure to anyone else. Yeah. Or study it. Well, that's true. At the very least, we could take it back and give it to Elro, and he could decide what to do with it, since it's his people that are getting infected. And at the very least, we found the source of the infection. What are we going to do about the... If anything, are we going to do about the loose powder on the in the, the lock? Um, well, I don't know if it'll work, but I can cast burning hands at this stone and see if it'll just incinerate the powder. How about we clear the clear the space as much as possible before <laughs> you do that? Um, yeah, uh, Jazara says I think that's not a terrible idea. She says, but there's another thing. If we can move this lid into this fire. We could just burn the whole thing that way. No, that's too. We could just put it in the bonfire and then just... You could light it from a distance. Like, we could put the fire out, put the stone thing in there, and you could light it from a distance. Even with, uh... uh, We could use some of this material, light it on fire that way. You could just cast burning hands at a distance. Works for me. How are we gonna get it there, though? Pull it with rope? Tip it. We could probably, uh, between the three of you, I would let you do a, uh, strength check to move, because the, the top of the, um, the top part of the lid that comes off, and, uh, it, it's much lighter than the rest of it, because the, the lid portion and is very high up joint, in the chest. Right? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, it's just yeah. set. Okay. So, um, everybody can roll me a strength check to see if you guys can move this. Fifteen. Twelve. Uh, are also got a 15. It takes you guys like a hot minute and uh, <clears throat> you guys put out the fire because as soon as you don't want it to like burn immediately because you want to get out of the, the blast of the incineration and everything like that. So you guys die down the fire. Um, you can use thaumaturgy for that actually to like help put out the fire. Um, or at least lower it so it's not entirely out but it's just like some embers right. so it's easier to start back up. And you guys take your time. You're very careful about picking it up and like slowly moving it 
over away. like the couple of feet. It's not super far. It was probably like ten feet from like where the chest was to the fire. Ten feet too many for something so heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and you guys like just let it down and it just goes thunk really hard. And you're just like, <sighs> like you guys have fought your way through elves and dwarves and like toads and all that, but that is probably the hardest thing you've done. And uh, you guys like set it in there. Jazara's kind of like propping some logs up like around like the face of it, maybe like putting a log like in the teeth of the dragon and everything like that. And uh, all of you kind of like scoot back to the entrance. Um, you can use a fish to like summon the the toad to come back to you guys. And uh, it'll you know and it does. It it came back and. Um, uh, you guys, like, stand, like, right next to it, and then, Val, you can use burning hands to, like, catch the wood on fire. And, yeah, uh, just as a, as a parting goodbye, just kind of flick burning hands towards it. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, Jazara and Asha are already on the toad, and then you do that and just immediately jump on the toad, and it starts to sail away. So you guys minimize your risk of exposure, like, as much as humanly possible. So, um, you do that, you sail back. Um, it's getting a little late at this point. You guys might want to uh, spend, like, the night in the cave, or you can walk through the night and get to Pale Bank at probably, like, two in the morning. Because you've spent quite a bit of time here. Because it took you half a day to get here, That's and you had right. all this go on. So now it's probably mm-hmm. early evening. So you can choose to spend the night in the cave, uh, which now you know everything that's in it. Like, And Jazara does, like, a little, like, perimeter check to make sure, like, Hulil and uh, her companion had left. And they did. Um... But uh, it's your choice to walk through the night back to the village or to stay here for the evening. How dangerous of a walk is it to get back? Because I don't know if I want to sleep in a open cavern where well, anybody the, can walk in. You know, there's the bed thing, so it, it does narrow down. So. True. <clears throat> um, you guys would know that walking at night, like Jazara, when you guys had first gotten out of the Underdark... Um, wouldn't let you walk at night. Like, okay. as soon as it started to get dark, you guys took shelter and everything. Uh, you also remember how cold it was once the sun set. Like, it's cold. Mm-hmm. But once that sun sets, it was really fucking cold. Very and then well. you, you guys had bunked in, like, between trees and stuff like that to cut down on the wind and everything. But you think that, at the very least, the cold would be really terrible, but not to mention anything else that's out there. You wouldn't really have a trouble seeing, so you could see just fine. But, uh... It's the unknown of the night predators that might be out there. All right, well, that's just kind of... I'm comfortable staying in the cave. Yeah, it's called it a night by the, by, by the holes and the okay. fire. So you guys, you go and um, you take a little... Uh, do you want to do it um, like where the bedrolls were? So you're like further into yeah. the cave? Yeah, and then there's yeah. a fire around there, right? So we can see yeah. more. All right, so you guys like light the fire and everything there and you get it going and... Uh, you spend the rest of the evening, like, inventorying the things that you got, comparing it to the list of the things that, uh, had been, that Ergon had sold, and you realize you found everything and everything like that. Um, yeah, is there anything you'd like to do, like, any way you'd like to spend your evening in this cave? Yes, I'd kind of like to look into some of these things. I mean, just with, see if there's anything beyond the obvious. Sure. Sure. Is there anything inside the scroll case, or is it just this case? Um, you, you really just look at the beautiful intricacies of this, and it looks like it depicts, uh, for the scroll case, like, traveling from one, like, plane of existence, like, to the next, and, like, you see what looks kind of like Exandria, like, in, like, at the bottom, and then what mm-hmm. looks like this really 
lively, like, insane-looking forest comes after that. And then there's, like, all these swirls on, the like, the next part of it that all, all look like it almost depicts, like, smoke and shadow. And then from there, there's, like, a bunch of constellations, like, carved into the top. And it looks like there's, like, floating rocks and stuff like that. It's beautiful. And uh, it is empty. Okay. But it is probably one of the most beautiful pieces of craftsmanship you've seen in a very long time. All right. Well, Val is going to sit down and kind of tune into her her crystal again. Okay. And Asha, Asha's had about, a, a, you know, a day. <clears throat> so she's just going to curl up on one of the bed rolls with Myth and just okay. pet, pet to lower the, <laughs> the blood That's pressure. That's fair. Um, now... Would like Val had a thought if she put if she takes her her crystal the Hallow's Eve any uh-huh. and brings it anywhere near this dragon mask to see if it would have a reaction. Sure, you can. Um, yeah. You can ask uh, Jazz to bring the uh, um, the mask back out, and you guys very carefully like set it back out and everything like that. Um, and, and you hold your crystal and like you focus on it for a moment, and as you hold it out. There's a, a a pulse of, like, the magic as you focus on it and you really connect with your crystal and you can feel, like, it's magic, like, connecting with you mm-hmm. and your own, like, personal magic. And as you focus that combined energy on this mask, it just, it really gives you a sense of when you had first, like, focused on the crystal, you, ha- you had been taken to what you think might have been another plane of existence, mm-hmm. um, to the space that you'd never seen, and that feeling of a foreign place also is kind of present at the edges of this mask like it is somehow also connected to somewhere else maybe not the same place but to somewhere else it doesn't give you the feeling that it your crystal and this mask are from like the same plane of existence but it does give you that same like foreign otherworldly sense okay and which would make sense to you overall based on what Hulil said of summoning Tiamat. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, beyond that, you guys, uh, in the other little bag, had a handful of gold. Um, you had uh, 12 gold and a spattering of silver and copper as well. So one of you can write that down if you'd like. I got it. Um, Ashley, you can write down 34 silver. Okay. And then I'll, I'll have Jazara take the copper. Jazara has 45 copper now. Cool. Um, so yeah, you guys have uh, some of this other stuff. You look at the um, jade statue, if you'd like, of the storm giant. It has carved along the bottom these words in a language you don't understand. Uh, but it looks like it, it probably is the title or the name of whatever stat, you know person this is a statue of. Um mm-hmm. But it is not, in a, it, none of you speak giant, so it's uh, not a language you understand. <laughs> However, if in the future, uh, Myth might learn giant, um, he might be able to read it for you. Um, and, uh, Myth reminds the, me of Bob the Skull. I was hoping for a little more Mr. Kindly. <laughs> Mr. Kindly, yeah. yeah. Um, Jazara, however, the arrows are plus one arrows, so she's going to just kind of add those to her own quiver. Right. She's like, these will be not? helpful. And uh, she's like, this will be something I'm just, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to take those. Those are mine now. <laughs> Fair. As Fair. you should. And uh, the, uh, 
the ring is the silver ring is a it's like a double ring like the way uh, a woman might wear like her wedding band and her engagement ring like in, okay. in a way that they're like connected um they're clearly made to be like a set and worn together so okay mm-hmm. um there's no like particular markings or anything like that on them but they are very beautiful they look old and a little tarnished um but uh, they are still quite pretty worth 50 gold uh yeah. it's a very large jasper stone that sits on these rings Okay. Yeah. Val and, is toying with the idea of wearing it. Yeah, uh, Jazara will toss it to her. It's just like, you know, I don't want it. I don't know if Asha does, but I'm going to hang on to it. I don't I'm really think... Uh, for it. I'm not going to fight her for it. Okay, well, Val's got new accessories. So here's the question for you for uh, you guys, and Jazara's asking this of both of you. Do we mention to Elro that we found these other things, or do we just stash them in our bags and... Just mentioned we found the illness. I think the illness is of higher priority. What he doesn't know won't hurt him. Plus, if we tell him we found nothing, and just in case someone comes around asking questions, we can't like he won't be implicated. Kind Fair of enough. Keeps him safe. Yeah. And Jazara just kind of smirks and she's like, "I'm glad we're all on the same page." <laughs> cool. And because uh, she, she like she looks at like the the ring and like the statue and everything like that, and she's like. We are in a different world than we know. We are broke. We have no resources. And we're currently, depending on the charity of people we just met, I'm all for taking what we can get when we can get it. It's already stolen. We're just stealing it Protecting ourselves first. Repurposing it, if you will. Yeah, we're repurposing it. And we're not telling elderly old man so he doesn't get hurt later. There we go. Wow, we are really rationalizing this mm-hmm. really hard, but oh, yeah, yeah, let's just take it and make some money in the next town over. <laughs> Works. Hello. Ho! So you guys like all stash everything away. Um, and uh, is anybody gonna take anything particular? Like Val's taking the ring. Um, Jazz has the arrows. That still leaves the scroll case of the multiverse, the storm giant statue. Um, I will take the scroll case for sure. Okay. And you guys can throw the storm giant statue in Jazara's quiver as well if you want. Sure. Alright. That way it's as discreet as it can look. You know, yeah. like it, yeah. none of it's like really like very obvious and value you think wearing a ring. You're already wearing like some jewelry. Exactly. I'm already so. wearing rings, so it's fine. Yeah. I would just put it on with the teeth so that like it's just disturbing enough that <laughs> yeah. oh I'm not gonna look bad any closer. Fair. Like if you need to hide it you could always like you know put it on a little chain and hang it off your tail or something like there that. You go. So but uh so you guys uh go ahead and um tell me what order you'd like to have a watch in. I'll take first gonna, watch. You gonna take first watch? I'll take I'll take third Jazara will uh, take the last watch then. So you guys all like bunk down and everything like that. And uh, okay. And uh, Val. I'm going to put Myth. I'm going to have Myth go to sleep for a while so I can wake him back up in the morning. All right. Myth kind of like, you know, does a little bit of stretching and stuff like that. Kind of rubs up against you, kitty cat style. And uh, then just uh, puffs into smoke, swirls around your wrist, and uh, just uh, becomes a bracelet once again. And, uh, Val, roll me a perception check for your first watch. 17. It's the theme of the night. Uh, honestly, this has been the best rolls you've done like, <laughs> since we played, so, like, kudos. Entirely. I know. Kudos to you. 
Um, you're sitting there, you know, and you don't really you hear like some of the croakings of like the the toads and stuff like that, some Maybe. fluttering of like the bats and stuff like that. Yeah, that's right about the time you hear the hissing noise. It's uh, a low hissing noise. And it stops. Then about five minutes later, you hear it again, but coming from like a different direction. It goes away. Comes back. A different direction. And uh, yeah, you hear this hissing noise. Anything you'd like to do? Uh, where is... Where is everyone? Um, I would say that you... Well, let me pull this down so you can move you guys down here. And you can decide. Where would you guys like to be? Uh, not where I... Not anywhere near where I tried to sit down earlier, so... Okay. No hole. Probably the so, other side of the cave. This other... bed here at the top, that's a hole. And okay. then this one over here is also a hole. Yeah, uh, anywhere opposite the holes. So. Okay, so maybe like over here. Mhm. All right, and then Val, where would you like to? I'll be. be I'll be next to her. This uh, up or down? Uh, we'll go down. Down. Okay. And then Jazara will then take the one that's like up here. So she'll sleep in this one that's uh, closest to the exits. So. Okay. She's between you guys and anything that really comes out. Well, there. while since since Asha is just trying to relax. Unfortunately, she's the closest to me, and I don't want to make too much of a noise, but I kind of just tap her with my tail. And Asha is not Ani sleeping on vacation <laughs> with a cold. Um, so, I awaken. You awaken. And I say, ah. And you, uh, Asha, in that moment, hear a familiar hissing noise. Oh. <laughs> it suddenly occurred to me what's happening. Um, <laughs> I think I figured it out too. And I and so I'm gonna sit up and be like, please, 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 don't be what I think it is. I'm not really awake. I haven't really opened my eyes. I'm still not quite conscious, but I hear it. What is that? <laughs> and that, that and I I just let out a little whimper because. Her asking what is that means she hears it too, and it's not just a bad dream. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, and so I crack one eye open, and of course it's dark. And Give me a perception it. check. Okay. 22. So you, you're looking around. God, you don't want to be awake. You so don't want to be awake right now. But you're looking <laughs> around, and down the hallway, with like the bat hallway, you mm. see these two little glowing little eyes and you know, realize that the hissing noise is coming from over there and they kind of you know shift a little and sway and slowly but surely this creature comes into view and it is very familiar to you it is the same one that spent a night sleeping on Valkaria's chest <laughs> so would she, she wouldn't recognize she never saw it when did she, she did I did she I, did. I woke up I saw it and it ran away it pecked and, her in the face <laughs> right and I look at it and I go Val your friend and I put my head down but I'm not, I haven't taken my eyes off it but it, with a resigned sigh it kind of comes closer and like it kind of like it, it stops like at five feet from Jazara and it kind of like walks around but it's still staring at all of you it goes over to one of the other bedrolls a little further uh, away and then it kind of like just kind of like stands on top of the bedroll 
plops itself down, goes to sleep. And at this point, okay. my frustration with life gets me uh, up, and I go over and I tap Jazz one, two with my finger. And immediately, her, like her eyes snap open, and she's like, "Who's dead?" <laughs> no one yet. yet. <sighs> but one and then night. I just just one point. night. I just point. Nazara sits straight up. She looks over. She's like, oh, for the love of fuck. <laughs> God. <laughs> Again? Seriously? No. She's like, you know, and she looks at Val and she's like, you are awake this time. <laughs> you are awake. And she's like, is it, did it do anything? Is it doing anything? And it's just it it's sleeping. It just kind of went to sleep in the bedroll next to you. I came out of that cave, though. With, 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 the, with the guano. And we know it's a fun creature. Jazara <laughs> just sighs and she looks at it. You know what? Why not? Why not? Why not? We fought toads today. Like, why the fuck not? I mean, if Whatever. it just went to sleep, I, it wants the same thing we want. Warmth. And, and sleep. sleep. <laughs> and with so. that, Jazara's like, you know what? Good for it. And she goes back to sleep. <laughs> She's like, fuck and- it. If it tries suit. to eat you, let me know. Otherwise, leave it alone. Let it sleep. If it's not going to hurt you, don't hurt it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. Then, so, I go back to sleep, and you're on watch. I'm on first watch, and I am just staring at this thing while I'm listening to, like, the no- the small noises around me. But I, Val is just hyper-focused on this creature. All right. So you finish your watch, just hyper-focused, staring on this creature. Uh, you wake Jazara up for the next watch. She looks over, sees the creature. She's just like, oh, of course. And Still here. She just kind of sets up for her watch, lets you get ready for bed. She kind of, like, sits so that she can keep it, like, in her vision and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, her watch, let's see. Yeah, you know, her watch goes uh, uneventfully. She kind of sits there. The creature doesn't move, just sits, sleeps. Uh, she doesn't really hear any noises or anything like that. And uh, time passes and she wakes uh, Ash up for her shift. Uh, and she looks at Ash and says, The creature hasn't done anything. It's just kind of sleeping there. Looks just pretty sleeping. comfortable. I mean, it didn't really do anything before. It just wanted to take a nap then, too. Well, so. hopefully it continues that way, I guess. Alright. And Val uh, mumbles, Show it the myth. <laughs> Do you think Myth would have some insight here? Myth would have what? Myth would have lunch. Well, it is much bigger than Myth. Um, but uh, Jazara looks at uh, Asha and says, "Well, Myth is technically not from our plane of existence. Like he says, he's from the Feywild, so he might have more knowledge than we him. do. Yeah, might as well give it a shot. All right, let's wake him up. Oh, what? Well." <laughs> He's not awake already. <laughs> Awaken! And your little uh, companion uh, comes back to life and uh, stretches and just kind of takes his little paw and like rubs his little face, like his little tired eyes. And like, it's too soon. Oh, what demon is that? <laughs> oh, that's Val. But uh, I know and I woke you up too early. Myth completely <laughs> ignores you. <laughs> runs, jumps, lands on Valkaria's face, is like, wake the fuck up! It's been ten minutes! 
haven't spoken to me. <laughs> and if Thalcari doesn't wake up, Myth is gonna start digging his little claws like into your face. And wake up! Wake up! Wake up! <laughs> and does Val wake up? It's got claws on her face. I mean, we know what Val's is, a heavy sleeper. What, what should I roll? She roll? Uh, roll a perception check. I will say it's a straight check because something is actively clawing your face. Fifteen. 15, you wake up. Like, his claws okay. in your face. You wake up, and Myth's face is in your face. And he's like, shut up, that unholy racket, you demon creature. Huh? What? You're snoring like, again. God oh. damn it. I can't help that. And, like, Myth, like, sits back and is, like, sitting on Valkaria's chest. And he turns to say something to Ash, and he sees this creature. <laughs> and he, he, like, pauses for a second. <laughs> looks at the creatures and looks at you and says, "Where did you get the goose?" Is that what you call it? Goose. Okay. Okay. Thank. You. Okay. Uh, what is a goose? We don't have them. At home. The the tail like swishes back and forth. It's like, how the hell did you get a goose? It's not the first time. Tundra. It, uh, it looks. It looks down at you, Val. And it's just like, I, okay, that's weird. And it kind of like pops down, walks over to the goose. And just kind of, like, puts a paw and, like, taps it. Hey! <laughs> hey! <laughs> Who the fuck are you? Hey! <laughs> then he tries the, it again in another language, I think. The goose's head, like, kindly. comes up. And uh, it, like, looks directly at, in, like, Myth's face. And, uh, like, Myth kind of, like, tilts its head. And then the goose tilts its head. And then, like, Myth shifts. The goose shifts. And this goes on and on and, like, shifting a little and, like, tail wagging and stuff like that. And then Myth looks uh, at the goose, nods, turns around, walks back to you guys. Like, okay, he's cool. Does Care to tell us what just happened? Uh, yeah, he likes you. Oh. All of yeah. us or just Val? Oh, he says uh, Valkaria makes a... Uh, he, well, to be fair, he said the uh, purple pointy one makes a great nest. <laughs> That's a fine compliment, isn't it? Purple pointy one makes a great nest. And, well, uh, you he... can tell the goose he can use me as a pillow whenever he wants. And uh, he relays this information to the goose. And uh, the goose kind of like looks a little little happier at that. And uh, it like, makes it like a hissing noise and like a gesture at Asha and, then Val- and uh, Jazara. And uh, Myth nods. Yeah, he seems to uh, be okay with the two of you so long as you... Uh, Quit trying to make him go places he doesn't want to go. <laughs> Referring to when you guys like tried to herd him, like yeah. you know, like around the camp and everything Fair. like that. Jazar uh, is like, our apologies, we didn't know <coughs> what he was. And Jazar uh, is just like, uh, is there a reason he seems to be following us exactly, like us specifically? And uh, Myth nods and uh, says, yeah, he seems to like you guys. Seems to find you guys fun. That's it? Okay. okay. He's taking he... liking to you. Sure. Is he magical or any in any way or just yeah, he's like, an animal? And Myth kind of like tilts his head like back and forth and uh, says, well, the magic all the way all animals are, I suppose. The ones that are from here or there or anywhere. But he's from here and not where you're the fey plane of existence and uh myth smiles at you and says well i didn't say that but 
I don't think that's for me to say either. So and, it's not uh, lunch. And uh, Myth, like, stretches. Oh, not lunch. Walks back over to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, Asha uh, stretches and says that his <coughs> name is uh, Sir Goosington of Gooseville. And then pops back into a bracelet. Well, thank you, Myth. Sir Goosington, Goosington of Gooseville. Yep. I can just imagine us saying that out loud at the goose at the same time in a very similar tone of voice. <laughs> and the goose just nods <laughs> once. Goose looks at all of you, then just tucks his little head back, goes to sleep. Good night, Sir Goosington. And it, it kind of like like makes a squawking noise at you, like in acknowledgement, and uh, bugs back down. Cool. Uh, on that note, I'm going back to sleep. Cesara's like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah. So, Asha, you take the last watch. Morning comes. The goose is still there. Um, Asha, you've spent many hours at this point listening to that noise. Um, Fingers in ears. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) So, you you guys wake up in the morning. You know, you have some of your rations that you'd bought in the village before you left. Uh, you pack up Asha your stuff. Asha is just gobbling on her cheese. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, Fine breakfast cheese. And, uh, like, the goose kind of, like, wanders over a little bit, kind of, like, pecking at some of your food, and Jazara offers it some, some, you know, bread and stuff like that. It seems pretty happy. You know, it does kind of, like, hover around uh, Valkaria's face, because, like, it, you have fish in your bra, and, like, it knows. That's right. And uh, it kind of, like, kind of like hovers at you a little bit, and, like, kind of, like, pecks at some of your breakfast and stuff like that. But uh, overall, it just kind of hangs out. <coughs> just uh, kind of, you know, waddles its way around you guys a little bit, and just uh, seems content to sit and have breakfast with you all. Um... So he's gonna come with us. I'm yeah, I, I was just about to ask Sir Goosington if he wants, to, if he's gonna accompany, uh, I guess accompany we us for myth the rest up of since the. Since he's the only one that understands yeah. him, awaken. And, and uh, Myth wakes up and uh, stretches and is like, "Oh, we're still in a stupid cave. What the hell?" Yes, we're still in the cave. When, um, what's going this, on, uh, Sir Goosington? Um, we want to know if he'd like to come with us. Um, if he's gonna stick around for a while, or... Are we gonna have a mascot this entire trip? And, uh, you know, Myth, uh, kind of, like, looks over at Sir Goosington, and Sir Goosington looks at, over at Myth, and they kind of, like, have a silent exchange, and, uh, Myth says, well, Sir Goosington says he can't promise to be here all the time, but he'll come back. He'll check now back and again. in? Okay. It's like, if you see him, you'll see him. If you don't, you don't. Help will always be given to those. <laughs> Goosey <awkward>. help. <laughs> Goosey help. Goosey um, help. He's going to show up when we're in dire need of help. And uh, at, at that, like, Sir Goosington is, like, sitting on this bedroll, and he, there's a pillow, like, in front of him, and he's just pecking the shit <laughs> out of this pillow. Just just fully putting a hole in this pillow and, like, the stuffing and stuff that's inside. He's just pulling it out and just throwing it and just pulling it out and just throwing it with his head and just making Becky a mess. is eating a cup! Myth, um, does, does he have something in, in this pillow? Is something is something in there? No. No? No. No, he's just a goose? Okay. <laughs> and Myth, like, just laughs. And, uh, he said, and he, like, looks at you, and he, like, he kind of, like, rubs up against you again, he says, good luck, and he poofs back into smoke and turns back into your bracelet. 
<laughs> well, well, we have a goose. We have a goose. Better than a fish. Ain't that the truth? You guys ready? Jazara yeah. like packs up the rest of her things. I am so ready. And uh, you guys, you know, you make your way out of the cave. You cross the little board. None of the frogs seem to bother you. Actually, you know what, uh, Valkaria, give me one more animal handling check. Twelve. Twelve. One of these frogs like comes up and is like bobbing along the surface uh, as you cross over this plank and everything. And as you like step across the other side, you, you know you like turn and look at it because it ribbits at you and you turn and you look at it. And just as you do, it shoots its tongue out, which slaps in your face, just rubs its tongue over your face, sticks its mm -hmm. tongue back in its mouth, submerges in the water. Thank you, Sir. Toad. And you just hear a faint underwater ribbit. <laughs> and uh, yeah. <laughs> So you guys can, like, start making your way back towards the town and everything like that. Um, it's about a half-day journey to get there, to get back. And uh, you start making your way. There's there's no, um, like, there's no way to get really lost because it hasn't snowed since you guys left. So, like, your trail is still there, so you more or less, like, follow it back. It's, it's a little easier because you, like, follow in the path that you already made for yourselves and all that. You kind of, like, make your way. And from part of the journey... Sir Goosington follows you. You know, you look back, and he's just waddling his way through your t snow trail. You know, and, and, and you, you look back, and he, and he probably follows you for, like, an, uh, like I'd say about two hours. And then one time you just turn around, and he's just not there. And you kind of, like, look around a little bit and kind of search for him. And But uh, if you go back and you look, like, where his footprints, like, kind of end, they just kind of vanish, like, from one step to the next. And uh, you don't see him for the rest of your trip back. Um okay. Ashen, I guess roll me. He's, uh, moved on for a bit. He's huh? gone back into the Goosey Plain. Roll me a D8, please. He's gone back to Gooseville. Two. Two? Um, as you you guys are wandering back and everything like that, and you uh, you don't see too much life or anything going on, um, but you do hear like something in the distance, and as you look out, uh, towards where, like, the ocean is. You can't really see the ocean too well from where you are, but you know, like, it, it is out there. Um, and, uh, you do hear, like, faint <clears throat> a roaring noise. Uh, you can't okay. see anything, but you do hear a faint, loud, roaring noise that, uh, eventually does fade from the direction of the ocean. Oh, it's not like the tide? It's a, sep a separate noise than the tide? Yeah, it's, it's a roaring noise like a creature. Okay. And, oh, well, uh... that sounds delightful. Anybody... Yeah. Want to walk faster? <laughs> yep. And Jazara like starts marching a little faster. Um, you guys eventually. Yeah, that's fine. Yep. And you guys like make your way back, and you, eventually you see like the, the town like come into view and stuff like that. And you uh, and you make your way back into the town. And uh, now that you're in the town, uh, what would you like to do? Uh, well, I think we got to take this mask thing. Or no, I guess we're not taking the mask at all. I think we need to go right to Elro and tell him we found out about sickness. Uh, can we make a detour and see if our little, uh, wimp of, of a friend is still in the holding cell or whatever the hell he is? I'm not sure. Also, where the hell did we stash bathtub tweaker? Uh, both of the people that you guys had got from the store... Uh, were taken into custody by Elro and the glass okay. blades. Yeah, and I taken would to the like town to hall. see them. 
All right, so you, to your knowledge, they're in the town hall. You can walk by it if you'd like. Um, yeah, I want to walk by that, see if I can spot them. Uh, everybody give me an insight check. Insight, insight. <clears throat> Jazara got a 17. 10. 24. Wow, look at that. Ooh. Um, as you guys are walking through the, the town and you're, like, you're approaching this uh, town hall building... Asha, it's kind of weird to you. The town is really quiet. And, like, you do see, like, a couple people here and there, but, like, they... It's a lot quieter than it was when you left and, like, the day before. Um, and you walk towards the town hall building. All of the lights are, like, out, and there's nobody... Mm -hmm. There's nobody here. Um, and it's... It's... The whole place is just oddly somber. I smell suspicion. Yeah. It's like, was it just because it was market day when we left, and now it's not market day? How much you want to bet? That's a no. No, how much you want to bet that, <clears throat> what's-her-face, Whoville and her companion came in through here and caused some trouble? And Jazara will be like, we need to find Elro. Now. Yeah. So and like... Uh, she's like, I don't know where he lives. I guess we could start with the inn. Yeah. Someone will know there. So you guys start making your way back to the inn, mm -hmm. and uh, you yeah. get cl you get closer to the inn. There's more of a like more people here. There's some people waiting. There's like groups of people like standing outside and stuff like that. Um, none of them speak to you like as, as you like uh, approach, and none of them really pay you much mind. They're all just like chatting like intensely amongst themselves okay. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, you kind of like you know like shift your way past like some of these people and stuff like that they do see you guys and like when they do notice you as you get like close to some people they do like part for you as you make your way towards the front doors um and you are you going into the inn yeah yeah all right so you guys step through uh the double sets of doors uh into the inn itself and you notice that the inn is extraordinarily hot and all of the fires in the fireplaces are blazing hot. And standing in the middle of the inn um, is a couple of glass blades. And you notice Mila is standing there. And you see the jolly dwarf, who's the tavern keeper, is standing there. And there is nothing jolly about his face. It's very intense and everything like that. And um, he's got a very serious look on his face. Standing there with them in, like, uh, in this circle um, is Elro who's also here standing, um, who looks the same, as always. And uh, you got, they're just having this very intense, like, harsh conversation. Um, and uh, you you guys uh, come through the doors, and they do notice you. And Elro, like, straightens. And uh, he said, oh, you've come back. Did you find the source of the sickness? We think so. We found this in a cave not too far from here. Croker Cave? We found, we found stuff in Croker Cave. We found the culprit um, and more answers with more questions. Did you find a cure? No. No, we did not find it, a cure. You, you guys have approached him in the, this group of people that is talking with him. You notice like a couple of older people that look around Elro's age are also like in the tavern and everybody seems to be having like have before you walked in being ha having had a very intense conversation um and Elro looks at you and he says that is most unfortunate I am Elro, afraid what's going on I am afraid the sickness has spread 
Magic Ooh. and honor have connect who have contracted the illness. Oh, how the hell did the kids get this? Their parents have it as well. It is as of last night. They have contracted it. They came down with the first signs of it and their parents soon after. It's possible they were infected days ago. It's not really sure. It, it usually takes a few days before it becomes prevalent and noticeable, but as of last night, the young girls and their parents both have contracted the illness. Where are they right now? In their rooms in quarantine. It's possible the illness is contagious. Okay. Well, did they mention going anywhere before they got here? Like, stopping off? No, um... There was, there was nothing. They they didn't know, and if anything, they've come in contact with. You would have to s speak with them if you're looking for something particular, um, and which you can do if you want to. Elro will just suggest that you do so from the doorway. Yeah. Um, if you would like to speak with them, and he says, uh, Elro will look at you and says, "We do not have a cure for this, and if we do not do something, they will die." All and right. um, he's going I'm... to uh, uh, he's going to ask you first and foremost. It's like, do you need to speak with any of them before, like, sooner rather than later? I would like to speak to the girls. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, he he gestures you guys towards the uh, upstairs, and uh, you make your way upstairs, and they've uh, they're all in one room, and uh, he knocks on the door, and. Uh, this is, uh, it is it is I they have returned uh, the the ladies would like to speak with you and you hear a, a faint but uh, a male sounding uh, enter and mm -hmm. uh, Elro opens the door but does not step into the door he steps back away from it and allows you to stand in the doorway and he says do not step within the threshold of the room and as you look in the room you see uh, two beds in one of them which is the larger one you see Irvin and Fenton, and they are in that, and they are very, they're bundled up. They still look pretty good. You know, they've only really had the illness for like a day. Um, they still look pretty good. They all, they do look a little cold, um, but the girls are in the other bed, and they're like huddled together and stuff like that. And they've got a, more blankets around them to try and keep them warm. Um, and uh, they don't look like, they don't look bad. They just look like they're, um, you know, a little scared and maybe mm -hmm. a little ill, but uh you know, they still have color to their face and everything like that. And uh, The younger one has, like, a, a toy that she's playing playing with her little, like, stuffed bear and all that. So, mm -hmm. and, uh, but they all just oh, kind of look at The blazing fires now make sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, Irving will look over and so say, you returned. Did it go well? As well as can be expected. Um, no, we do not have a cure. We have answers. Some. But we did have you, more questions. Did you find out what was causing this? Um, yes, actually. To a degree. Some kind of blue powder in a vial. And now, at that, you see Irvin's face pale. Drastically. And he looks, at his, he looks at his husband and he says, the, the elven merchant from a few days ago she was trying to sell her wares to us and he's and his husband closes his eyes and, and is like i remember this elven woman was trying to sell some of her goods off and she showed us some of her wares it was claiming some of them were from 
Aeor and stuff like that, but she they were just didn't trinkets. happen to have a giant dragon medallion, did she? And uh, like he kind of tilts his head. He says, I didn't see a medallion, but she had strange tattoos. That would be Bullville. And uh, he's like, did, <sighs> did what she she handed us? Is that what caused this illness? Did she infect us with this? Our daughters? Unfortunately, yes. We believe so, yes. And Irvin looks pissed. He looks, like, real pissed. But uh, Fenton, like, puts a hand, like, on his arm. And uh, Irvin, like, he doesn't say anything, but he closes his eyes. And he's just, like, really just very angry, but he's trying not to, like, show it. Cause, and the girls are, like, right there. And he doesn't want to, like, you know, get really bad and angry and make the situation worse. So, but you can tell he's, like, he's pretty pissed, in all honesty. So. Apparently, um, uh, what was his name? Er, Ergon. Uh, Irvin Ergon. and Fenton. No, no. Oh, Ergon. 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 Yeah. So, apparently Ergon brought three vials of this blue stuff back from Aeor. One went missing. One we have. And the other had broken and spilled, thus causing contagion. Now, I will tell you that the elf merchant that sold this to you is also infected. Her companion is infected. Um, Her sister is infected. Pretty much everyone that's come in contact with it is infected. Um, We found out... Fenton will look at you and he says... The suffering of others does not make me happier about my own situation. Is there anything we can do? I don't... And he gets a little choked up, and he's just like, I don't want my girls to suffer. We know what it's called. Mm -hmm. We have some very vague information about it, and... Elro will inquire, and he's like, what is this illness called? It's called... the. well, we've heard one reference to it as frigid woe. Um, and Ergon will straighten, or not Ergon, but Elro will straighten at that. And he says, I have heard of that. It's been quite some time since I've heard of that. And he, like, he starts to like tilt his head and he's like, if we know the name of it, I know people who've dealt with it before. And he starts to like, really, you can tell he's like really, he's really thinking and he's like starting to connect some dots and stuff like that. And he says, He's like, wait, wait here. And he, like, walks off and he walks down the stairs. He comes back a moment later with a couple of, like, the people from downstairs in tow. And uh, he pulls out this map that he had from a bag. And he says, I was going to give this to you uh, as our cartographer finished it in time as a a thank you for all that you've done for us. But I suppose now you're going to put it to possible use a little sooner than expected. And he unfolds this gigantic map of Wildmount, which is the map I have, which I will send you guys mm-hmm. a copy, a digital Aww. copy of, um, so that you may look at it. And, uh, but I am actually, but this is Pale Bank Village. And, okay. Uh, yeah, gotcha. And, uh, and Elro will tell you, and he's just like, this is where we are. However, this is Solrinia. If you go here, across the way, you'll have to take a boat. But if you go there, there is a cleric there. She's not powerful enough to stop the illness. But she can buy you time. If you go to Isilcross, go to where Irving had 
uh, had looked for and had possibly found this illness, you might be able to find a cure as well. At most, I think she she bought Ergon another month. The, the girls had just started with the illness, and so did their fathers. I think at most, between the normal length of time that the illness sets in and the, uh, the added aid if she comes uh, f to help us, I can give you two months. At best. It will take time to travel the waters to get to Cerulea, and then to travel wherever he had gone. I know that he didn't travel this latest journey on this island. Uh, of the island that Silvania is on. He traveled to one of the the smaller islands surrounding it. I don't know which, but the people who are there, their entire purpose is travel throughout Isilcross. They run expeditions for travelers, for scientists, for mercenaries. They're, they often act as guides. It's one of the whole purposes of the town. If you go there, somebody is likely to know where he went. And if they can't take you there directly, they can at least point you in the direction. It's our best shot at finding a cure for these girls. And, and how long mom. of a trip is it to get to across It'll the take two days by boat to get to Sorenya. From there, it depends on where exactly it was that uh, Ergon traveled. Can you spell Sorenya? Or... Yeah. Uh, S-Y-R-I-N-L-Y-A. I think it's pronounced Selreni Selrenia or something like that, but like my god. <laughs> okay, I totally got lost somewhere in the middle. So S Y R. Uh S Y R I N L Y A. That isn't the most elven so... bullshit. Okay. And uh Elro looks at the three of you and he says, I know you don't owe us any loyalties. You don't owe us anything. And I know it is a lot to ask, especially considering you have goals of your own. But, and he, he kind of like looks at the, at the little tiefling girls huddled in their bed. It's like, please. They, they will not survive. Well, fortunately for everyone, whatever journeys that we, we come across is just another step in in the path to find an army that can help us. Yeah. And he nods and he says, you will go? We will go. We will go. And Irvin and, F and Fenton, like, both look at you all and they, and they say, we will never be able to repay you for this, but you have our deepest and unending gratitude. I just have one request. <laughs> they look, they, everybody in the room looks <laughs> genuinely surprised and a little affronted. <laughs> When all this is over, you will let us take the girls to the Nameless City and show them how we do things. Uh, Irvin like, kind of chuckles. He says, uh, we'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> you did tell him it was under siege, so. As I, as I said, when everything is over. Yeah. And he says, so we'll, he's, he's a little questioning. <laughs> right? We'll work on it. And, we'll work uh, on it. That's fine. And Elro looks at you all and he says, the sooner you leave, the better. I will acquire a ship for you. They will take you out to Sorinia. The sooner you leave, the better for everyone. Who knows right. how long the journey in Isilcross will take you. All right, now then what time is it? stock up on provisions. Yeah, what time is it right now in Melbourne? It's early afternoon. Okay. Somewhere between 11 and 12. Then should we leave at first light? Yeah. 
We'll stop uh, on provisions. Elro is getting your shit together to leave within the next hour. Oh, oh shit. Well, all right, let's go. Uh, and he has provisions brought to you. Uh, he immediately starts barking orders. The, the head of the tavern just starts giving you guys rations and supplies. Um, you can tell this has very much rattled the, the people. Before, like, it had been infecting, like, people who were, like, not super involved in the town. People who were, like, yeah, bandits that nobody through. really cared about. You know, like, uh, people like Ergon who just, like, kept it themselves. People like uh, Verla Pelk who were, like, eccentric and weird now it is impacted not only like these two merchant people who are very much in the heart of uh, part of the town and have really become like adored by the people but their two daughters who are universally adored in this town mm -hmm. and it has mm -hmm. very much rattled all of the people and uh, they have gathered together and they're they're giving you supplies everything you need like somebody is getting a ship together and they will have you ready to leave in an hour all right, well, then I will start uh, assembling the rations into even things for us to carry. Yeah. And um, uh, you guys gather, like, a bunch of supplies and things like that. Um, Jazara has the map, and, uh, you know, she, she takes a look over it, and she, like, starts, like, looking at, like, the chart of, like, where you guys are going and stuff like that. Um, she makes a small note to herself uh, that she may point out to you guys later uh, when it's not so chaotic, but... On the map is the name of the place where the drow, like, uh, fort that they mentioned that oh, yeah. uh, oh, Irvin yeah. and Fenton uh, had seen. She makes a note of the fact that she can see it on the map and where it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So just as a, now, as, a, as a little note to herself, because if you guys are going to find allies on the surface, it would be good to start with your own peoples. Yeah. And uh, Asha's not going to mention it either, because it seems a little frivolous right now, but she does have a very nice map case that we can put said map in now. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and uh, uh, you guys keep the, the Val, map like in the case. Yeah. yeah, Val is going to ask uh, Elro a question. Elro, I would like to inquire, or sorry, may I inquire about the whereabouts slash condition of the two bandits that we brought to the town center? I, uh... With everything that was going on, we interrogated them for some information. They gave it freely. I say interrogate, and I said, I ask a question, and they pretty much spilled all of their life stories, which was unnecessary, but appreciated. Because <laughs> at least I know they're not lying. Uh, they were... And we know they're not geniuses, probably. It, he kind of, like, smirks. He's like, very much not. And uh, he says... We sent them with a group of glass blades uh, early this morning to Uthadern. Okay, uh, I would I, I would convey to your glass blades that even though they're denser than rocks, um, I, I I would still keep a watchful eye out against town borders. Mm -hmm. What did you find out? They have I, some shitty friends. They have some shitty friends. They they are. They are Hulil's goonies. I, I I figured as much. They were, you know, the once people from Shady Creek Run come into our town, they they tend to stay in groups. And he t Elro he tells you that uh, when groups of bandits like these come into town, they usually come in in, in decent sized groups. And there's always a a hot shot 
leader of some sort, and it's always a pain, and usually they stay for a little while, cause a little chaos, and then harmlessly leave for the most part, more empty-handed than not most times. So... Whoville does not seem entirely harmless. Let's, let's just leave it at that. I will make sure the borders are watched. I appreciate your concern, young lady. Of course. And he hands you, like, a, a pack of some supplies and stuff like that. And uh, at that, unless you guys have anything else to do, he will start leading you towards the boat. Um, I have um, some gift, uh, some herbs that uh-huh. uh, I got from Realm around the holidays last okay. year. The Flurber Berber Hobbit. Flurber Berber Hobbit. Hold it. Okay. Um, I think they'd make a tea that would make everyone fit, it feel nice and cozy. Not necessarily fix them, but help them be more comfortable. So I'm gonna run up and I guess maybe I should give it to the, the barkeep so he can make Yeah, probably. Tea. Yeah. He so. He sees you as, you as you come back in as everybody's starting to gather outside. He says, everything all right, dear? Yes, I just wanted to give you these special herbs that a friend of mine, a cousin, really, uh, left me uh, before I left my hometown. And I think it would just help everybody feel a little bit better, soothe some of the chills for everyone who's sick. And he, he very gently takes it from you and, and like he puts his hand, like his his giant like dwarven hand like on yours and he says, you all are good ladies. We really appreciate the fact that you came into town when you did. I only hope we can be of service. I only hope we can have our own town to go back to. And he pats your hand, Asha, <laughs> and, he, and he says, thank you. May you have a swift and safe journey. You stay healthy. And whole, and uh, he smiles and like he he pats your hand and like he's he's very withdrawn at this point because of everything that's going on. But he takes the the tea and like he wanders back into the kitchen, and you can wander out of the inn. And uh, Elro like ushers all of you over to uh, towards the uh, docks and everything, a part of the town you've never been to before. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you uh, make your way over to the docks, uh, he in the he ushers you over to like this a fairly decent sized boat all things considered um and there's a crew like running around and like pulling like uh ropes and like putting up sails and things like that and like there's a uh captain like shouting orders and everything like that and everybody's like gathering their supplies last minute supplies being loaded onto the boat and uh everybody piles on elro and uh, a lot of the other townsfolk uh stand on the dock along with the barkeep and uh, you guys walk up the plank to board the boat and sail off to Isilcross. Such a pretty boat. I mean, ship. And uh, as, as you, you board the boat and Elro, just one last time, he says, may your journey be swift, safe, and at the very least, make sure you're able to come back in one piece. <laughs> and uh, he, he, like kind of like gives each of you like your hands like a a strong uh, but affectionate squeeze and uh, the jolly dwarf pats you all on the shoulders and he wishes you all a swift journey and you get onto the boat and the ca- you hear the captain uh, yell, uh, yell to set sail and the giant white sails come furling down and the boat like jerks as it lurches forward and uh, you are off into the seas of uh, Isilcross and that is where we will end our session. 
Wow. We made it to the trip to the water. Didn't think you'd end the session on a boat, did you? Not when I'm we on started a boat. with the toad. <laughs> True. True. The giant toad is what I'm like. I was thinking to myself, Ash is going to hate it. Ash is going to hate it if Val does anything with this toad. She's going to hate it. And it's just like, but this toad is also big enough to eat Val. So, like, if she does do anything, I might just have it eat her. So, you never know. Well, no, it decided to slobber all over mm. my hand. Yeah, one of the little ones did, yeah. Oh my god, I don't think I've seen that before. She has the little plush dice that she puts the Oh yeah, that in. she puts the dice in. Uh, it has a little pin on it that says we all speak draconic. Aww. <laughs> it's really cute. That's from a um, a different D&D podcast, actually. So. Fish, come here. Okay. Does Val but, still have the fish in her bra? I don't think Val ever takes it out of her bra. No. That's disturbing. <laughs> it's her comfort fish. <laughs> her comfort fish? Good God. It's that's no, horrifying. It's her, her emotional support fish. Her emotional support fish. Equally horrifying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's, I just she's I yeah. You gonna I'm not gonna acknowledge her. Are you gonna acknowledge her right now? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm just busy sending you guys like a, I think it attached as a photo properly of uh Wild mount. Clang. Clang, clang, clang. Clang. Oh, I was telling Ani, I now have a, I'm just going to keep this, my back, my D&D stuff in a bag. Yeah. And just leave it in the car so I don't have to, like, collect it every time. I've got a pen, I've got my journal, I've got my dice. I think I'm going to put all this stuff in, in a bag, too, and just have it ready. Yeah. <laughs> We've reached this juncture. We have. And I want to use my Crescent City bag. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's the map. The, Look at that. Yeah. there. I think it was trying to send you a video for some reason of the map. And I'm just like, please don't do that. That's weird. Um, but that is the map. I can also email it to you guys if you want to like pull it up on a computer and see it in detail. So, Or you could just Hill- Google map of Wild Mount. So. Hillbank mm-hmm. Village. So we're going to be going over that crest and to the left to Isle Cross. Mm-hmm. So you guys, yeah, you're um, you're going around like you you're taking off from the um, the northeastern like yeah. tip area, um, and you're gonna have to sail around the tip of that island and uh, around that small island between uh, that between the continent and the island of Iceland, yeah. and to land and you'll land at uh, Silrenia. So and it's okay. supposed to be about a two day journey. And what's the uh... The orange road. Lava. Lava. Okay. Yay, sounds good. Yep, there it is. For whatever reason, lava running through. And let me tell you, I have the book that explains every part of these islands. Every one of them is weirder than the last one. Every <laughs> single one of them. Like, the lava is probably the least weird thing on that on those islands. What is the little red patch that's southeast of Zorhas? Um... That area over there in Jorhas, that, I think that's more lava. Just that red pool? That big red swatch? Yeah, that's, it is something very specific, I remember that. Vermalic, uh, wild woods. Uh, most of all of that is just a barren field of nothingness, and, um... Oh, yeah, you guys are really going to encounter the, um, 
really creepy stuff. Like, let me tell you, Wild Mount is so weird. And it has such weird shit in it. And, like, it is so many, like, different, um, just terrains and stuff like that. And, uh, that's easy if I do this. Either way, I'm excited. Mm -hmm. The Vermalloc Wildwood is a forest in perpetual fall. And that is a bunch of very red trees. That surrounded by a lot of wasteland but Not they're so much the wasteland, but the trees sound pretty yeah that whole area is um really different colors like the trees are red parts of the grass is like really yellow and red and stuff like that it's very it's very odd looking but it's kind of pretty it's very it's autumn. very pretty very uh fantasy <laughs> fall it's the autumn oh, board <laughs> and i can uh show you a picture of the mask too by the way Oh, yes. There we go. I will take a picture of this. <laughs> the mask comes from one of the books that Ani gave me. Oh! <laughs> it's one of Doug's mm -hmm. books. <laughs> yeah. Suck it! It's a, um, un it's a little fuzzy of a picture, mostly because the book's really old, but also because I can't show you any more of the photo because that's spoilers. <laughs> the book is old, so it's It's also tilted on its side, so you have to turn the photo. Oh. oh, it kind of looks like, kind of, with less foliage, but like the green man. Yeah. Um, the uh, one you guys have is that, but green. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, you guys have a creepy ancient demon mask. Uh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, any questions or anything? So far, no. No, everything making sense right now mm -hmm. well that's um, good i did have this one thing hayden showed me a video and um so i'm sure you've seen this part but it was from one of matt mercer's campaigns mm -hmm. and i don't know what preceded this but the party had basically killed a a character mm -hmm. like and that they clearly thought was just gonna be like a uh side like one shot like they were gonna see it and yeah. like as they're talking about how they killed him and stuff Matt just sits there and tears up the character sheet. <laughs> <laughs> just like, and then they all realize what they did. Like he had written this whole character with an arc and everything, and he just tears it up because they fucked this character. So, yeah, he spent once he spent four hours working on a uh, a boat like ocean combat thing that they put an end to within about five minutes. Within like their first round of combat. They totally just tanked the whole thing because they found an, a really unexpected way around it. Oh, and cool. it's just yeah. like, ooh, because one of them happened to know the spell Tidal Wave and just capsized the other boat. Oh, so. oh God. Yep. So he, he was just like standing there staring and you could tell everything about the session that he had planned was just over. Uh -huh. And it's just like, oh, and you can just see it on his face. And he just had this giant pile of materials and like minis oh. and like all this. And he's just like, well, I won't be needing any of this anymore. There's so much material. And just put it to the side. And they're like, oh, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can say that it didn't work. He's like, no, no, it it worked. And the enemy boat rolled a one. So <laughs> and it's just like or the paper was just like, yep. They had a guest on there once um, who was a, 
a cobalt. And uh, he lasted, I think, eight minutes. And before he was literally crushed to death by a fire giant. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was something else. That was uh, the short life of Spurt. It was it's just truly Spurt. Wait spurt. till we get to that point. Spurt. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. First of all, that's a horrible name. Wait till we get to that point in our campaigns where we just completely fuck what Misty wanted us to do. I would feel so bad. <laughs> I mean, you guys do what you do. Like, it's, it's fine. I have the, uh, the more or less ability to, like, just, I, I know where you're going, and I try not to plan. I do know where, like, where I think you're gonna go from session, session to session, and where, like, I need you. As you go, like, in other directions and stuff like that, like, that's fine. Um, I definitely usually just have backup plans for stuff, and, uh, I can that's usually... Fun. I've, so far, I've been able to herd you guys, like, in the right <laughs> direction, so. Mm-hmm. I sent you the short life of Spurt, so that you may watch all 14 minutes of Spurt's little life. And, oh, uh, and it's hilarious if for nothing else, the voice the guy uses to play Spurt. It's like, Spurt! <laughs> it's just like, oh my god. Oh. But, it's, um, it's Mr. Goosington. Sir Goosington. Sir Goosington of Gooseville. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, did I model him, um, after that goose? The Duke of Wesselton? Oh. No. I, um, the, uh, that, uh, goose from the goose game, that really shitty goose from the goose game, who the whole point of the game is just, like, the goose goes and, like, takes shit and just, just, like, steals stuff and, like, destroys things and stuff like that. There's a goose game? Yeah. I think that's what it's called. The Untitled Goose Game. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's the Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> you know, I wondered if it was a goose last time. Like, yeah. it crossed my mind. Yeah, then... I was so hard not to give, like, goose descriptive features. <laughs> like, it's white and it has a long neck, was as close as I was going to get, so. Because I'm but going, the... does it have, is it, a, like, a ferret or something? I don't know. Yeah. I tried really hard not to describe the body. Yeah, and, uh. You are a goose let loose on an unsuspecting village. Make your way around town from people's backyards to the high street shops of the village green, setting up pranks, stealing hats, honking a lot, and generally ruining everyone's day. Yeah, the whole point of the goose in the goose game is just to be the shittiest goose you could possibly be. And just a money game. Yeah, it's honestly a game I think you'd really enjoy, Audie. Like, I love that game, and it's just... Unfortunately, it's for the Switch. I don't have the Switch. Oh. Yeah, it's, um, I don't have the game itself, but I really enjoy watching people play it just for the pure chaos that it causes, and it's just eh. like, oof. But eh. so that is why I included it in here. And it has, I found stats for this goose online, like, there are stats for this goose, and, uh, for D&D, because somebody made it, they called it, it's really funny to me, because the stat that this person made for it titles it, since it comes from the untitled goose game, they call it the Nameless Goose. And I think it's really goose. funny because it was like we're from the nameless, nameless city, city, so we have the nameless goose. And it's and I'm just really like, appropriate. It is. It is. So, um, yeah. So you guys have a, a, a goose that will come in and out of play. So. She gave you a goose, Ani. I got a goose. The I have a goose, goose. And I'm going to have a uh, <laughs> hellhound. Mm-hmm. And, and I have a, a surprise. And a surprise. And I have eventually a 100 by 100 extra dimensional pocket space 
That's oh, way into the future. <laughs> level 15, I get to turn into the garage. Maybe what? I'll kill her before then. Like, maybe, we don't know. Or me. I might just smother her in her sleep. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> you never know. Bless you. You never know. Like, who knows what will happen it's in the true. future. But, uh, but yeah, so you guys have this goose that will follow you around. Um, your, uh, both of your items and uh, Jazara's item all, like, that you guys got from the Christmas special uh, all evolve over time. Um, at the moment, Ani, oh, <laughs> obviously, uh, you guys leveled up. Oh, yay! <laughs> yeah, I almost forgot to tell you that. You leveled up. Yeah, you're We're now at level all, three now. You're both level three and Jazara goes up to level four. Yay! Yeah. Um, and, uh, on that note, I believe you both have to pick new spells. So, congratulations, finishing the, um, the, uh, the horrible tunnel of frogs is what let you guys, like, level up and get to that, that next point. Um, and you can, guys can definitely make sure you mark yourself for a, um, a long rest, too, by the way. Because you guys cool. are going on your journey at your best, so... Asha, your hit points go up to Yay. 27. Whoa! That's a big jump. Yep. And for spells, you get to pick um, one new spell. It can be a first or second level spell. Um, okay. I will say, you because you can go and you can look at the uh, cleric spells online if you'd like. Um, mm-hmm. Or I can send you a link to them. You might want to check into... Um, you have bonus action spells, which is good. You might want to just, like, check into any of that. Uh, trade any of them out that you think aren't doing you any good, if you if you think so. Um, okay. Or reaction spells. I don't know if you have any at this okay. point, but it might be a good idea to look at bonus action or um, reaction spells. So. Okay. So I need to basically need to... Research. I, I need to Second find, level spells. I gotta find my spells. Here we go. I'll tell Hayden because he'll help. I have yeah. charm person. So I does yeah, that mean and I have three spell slots, or I just get to add a new one in. Um, you're learning a new spell. Um, you can replace. Asha okay. can replace any of her spells right. uh, after a long rest. Um, but you now can learn an additional spell on top of the other spells that you already know. Okay, so just one. Just one, one additional one. new spell, yeah. But if you want to tell me, like, I'm trading out some of my other ones too, like that's fine. Uh, Have the you same said first goes, level, first or second level spells. Uh, let me look at you for just a second because you actually have a couple of different choices. First and foremost, you're up to twenty hit points. Hey, hey, hey. I'm not totally squishy. Now, um, this is the part where your homework that you had done before it comes into play. You now have meta magic. You know, we talked about like quicken spell and things like that. Um, I know you chose some at some point, but you might want to go back. You know, like, I don't know. I don't remember which ones you decided on. Um, I think I do. But uh, you can take a look at those. Because I think it was Quicken Bell and maybe Twin Spell. Mm. Um, or Subtle Spell. But uh, you can take a look at those. And uh, I can send you a link if you'd like to look at, uh, to read about those. And Please. so you can decide again. Um, but for the spell category for you, my dear... You can trade out any of your current spells. If you don't like any of them, you want to trade them out for something else. Um, 
and because uh, we can work on that, and uh, which includes your your cantrips. I'll let you trade out your cantrips if you want to. Um, but you also learn one additional spell of uh, first or second level. Okay, so, I'll do research. Yeah, so you guys can take a look at that. Um, I'll send you the uh, I can send you spell list real quick. Um, and then while I'm here, I'll uh, level up Jazara real quick so you guys can see what Jazara does. And I believe you I also like all got new, more spell slots, too, by the way. Cool. Okay. Okay, for technical purposes of the people listening to the podcast, since Jazara is a level of ahead, um, she's now level four, which means she can take her first feat. Um, and she did take the sharpshooter feat, which means when she does an attack with her bow uh, or any other long-ranged attack like that, she can, whatever I add to her attack, I can take five off of it. And when I do, I can add 10 points of damage. So she reduces how much she hits by by five, but she can add 10 to it. And uh, so I am having her take the sharpshooter feat rather than an ability score improvement. Um, her hit points have gone up to 32. And and uh, nothing else really changes for Jazar. Her spells don't change or anything like that. So, so she won't get new spells until later. Uh, yeah, so... Jazara's spells don't change, just her uh, getting a feat this level, which is huge, and it's going to make a really big impact on your guys' uh, um, combat situations. And uh, when you reach, when you guys reach your next level, you'll have the ability to improve some of your ability scores or take a feat. Um, okay. But I'll go over feats with you guys when you get closer to going up to level four. So, because um, that'll be a whole thing, because that's a lot to look at. So. But right. uh, they can be really useful, though. So sometimes more useful than um, ability score improvements, at least at lower levels. So because like that extra ten points of damage for Jazara is a lot. Mm-hmm. Like so, mm-hmm. if she hits mm-hmm. and she ma- manages to do an extra ten points of damage before she even rolls her damage dice, like she does ten off the top, and then if she's using Hunter's Mark, that's an extra D six too. So your girl is trying to be a Beastie. tank as an archer, which is yep. something. So uh, gonna need to get her some better armor if she's gonna be a tank. So but um but yeah. So you guys just let me know if you have any questions about any of the spells or anything like that. Ani, if you have any questions about your meta magic, just let oh, me know. Oh I will. I, I will, I'm sure. Oh yeah. It's um it's interesting and like some of them are better than than others, but you get to pick more of them as you level up and stuff like that too. So okay. um and I'll and if you decide you don't like one of them, uh We'll, we'll change them out. Like, that's not a big deal. So, but, um, yeah, you guys can change out your existing spells. You get to pick a new one. Um, however you'd like to do that, just go for it and just let me know. And, uh, yeah. I think that's where we'll leave everything unless you guys had any questions. Thank you guys so, so much for uh, taking another little uh, journey uh, with us. We didn't have any fish escapades, but we did have a goose. So there is that. <laughs> so a goose that likes the purple pointy one. Yeah, because <laughs> the purple who likes... pointy one makes a great nest, apparently. Exactly. So you should with feel love. proud from with the love. Purple pointy one. With love from the purple pointy one. But uh, yeah, so uh, our party is on their way on a boat. So probably a couple of you guys, maybe all of you, your first time on like a full blown boat. Um. I would say, like, if you guys want to, like, say you've journeyed on, like, a boat through, like, the sea before, we could 
you know, like that doesn't bother me. Um, but uh, for some of you, it's definitely your first time on an open ocean. And that's going to be interesting. It definitely is for Val. Yep. So it'll be interesting. You're on your way to a new place and uh, doing your best to um, help two little tiefling girls and their parents. So. Two little babies. I got to be honest with you. I knew this was coming like the entire time and I was working really hard to endear honor and magic to you guys in the process. <laughs> and I'm like, I I'm want it to, to heart. Two beautiful little girls this whole time. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, I want it to heart. It's so, like, I oh, want it. Was, I want it to give you guys a. It's like, I want to give you guys a good reason to like go out here and like look for this cure and what the hell is going on. Cause everybody else was either like an asshole we're dying, you know, anyway, or something like that, or we're trying to leave, but, uh, but yeah. Not the so. children! Not the babies. Not the ones who made Valkaria play heroes and dragons. Like, they yeah. made her, like, run around and chirping like a dragon and all that, so. The dragons chirp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do now. They so. Do now. And you guys have a truly evil dragon mask with you, which is a, a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is uh, the little piece that starts an overarching thing with your guys' uh, campaign. So What happens if you touch it? You'll have I to find out. I think that's a spoiler. Okay, that's a spoiler. You'll have to find Not out. Not gonna lie, before you said that it was a dangerous mask, my first mm-hmm. thought was I want to put it on. <laughs> I knew that would be, which is why I continued <laughs> to explain. Because Ani... Wants to put it on, but Val can sense the evilness of this thing in front of her. So I'm just like, that's why I kept talking before I let you say anything. And I'm just like, no, listen to me for a moment. This is a demonic thing from somewhere deep in the pits of hell. Like, you need to be afraid of this. And Val is afraid of this because it's scary. So, so. But, uh, but yeah, and if it's, it's, it's something that makes Valkaria sit up and take notice and like be serious about, it's definitely something that Jazara and Asha are going to focus on too. So, but, um, but yeah, so everything's going pretty good so far. And, um, honestly, you guys are right on track. You haven't like, I wasn't accounting for fish escapades at any point. Um, but everything else is, you know, like nothing too wild out of the realm of my expectations. So, which is good for me. Because fish escapades just makes me sit there like, I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with that. So, I don't know what to do with fish ex- escapades. Like, I don't, do I know what, no, no. No, just go with it. Yep. So, yeah. So, that's the whole thing that I uh, have to have in my life now. <laughs> so, that everyone has to have in their life now. I know. Made worse by the fact that now you have a fish, so. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah. Oh, good God. Uh, but, uh, thank you guys. Oh my God. I'm going to have to see that in person when I come visit you. Oh. She's probably going to just bring it with you. Bring it with her to the airport to pick you up. Probably. Mm-hmm. Probably. Don't try to go through the security with a fish. I'm not going to go through security with a fish. I'm just saying. I want to be right outside waiting for your ass. I was just imagining you walking through, like, the scanning thing, and they open, like, this, like, your bag or something, and they're just like, what? (laughs) I'm just be. I'm going to be standing at the end of the, uh, uh, you know, at the bottom of the escalators where, Mm -hmm. you know, you are coming out of, Mm -hmm. just waving this fish. Yeah, I'll just look for fish. I won't even look for you. I'm just going to (laughs) look above the crowd for fish. (laughs) 
Yep. <laughs> so. And everyone that walks out past you <laughs> will be like. <laughs> yep. No, thank you. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. So. Um, Fish at the airport. Fish at the airport. Fish. Fish. Just gonna have a sign, <laughs> and instead of having my name on it, it's just gonna have a picture of a fish that she drew. And just yeah, that would be kind of cute. Though. It's gonna be like, would you like an exfoliant? <laughs> <laughs> and with a picture of a fish. Someone will walk up to you and be like, yeah, what do you got? Fish. And it's like I for ten dollars, I slap you in the face with a ten fish. <laughs> it's LA. I bet you could get takers. Just say, Always. just say the words, all organic and eco-friendly, and bam, you'll be all rolling organic, in dough. It certainly isn't fucking vegan. It's like yeah, good for the mind and vegan. the soul. Ethically sourced uh, salmon. <laughs> Would you like this? <laughs> I'm just waiting for her to not to let go of that fish on accident and just. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I assumed would happen. And I haven't a... seen her hit you with it yet, though, so that's better than I thought. So, don't remind her. I always assumed she'd do it on accident. So, like, she'd be waving it no, around accidentally, just slapping I mean, across the face. I mean, the, the day face. you got it, I was smacking she her on the arm with it because like, yeah. I was laughing so that's hard. That's fair, but I kind of did assume like you were one day just gonna go like you're making like a gesture of something and just go bam and just smack the shit out of her. I'm trying hard not to because the pens are in here. Yeah. So. But I'll help her bury your body, so it's okay. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Before or after my mom slaps you across the face? I mean, to be fair, um, I'm I'm gonna be busy digging the hole for your body, so I think Aaron's okay. gonna have to deal with that. So. Okay, that will be the third time my mom slaps her. <laughs> We were talking. We were talking about that one today. At breakfast about slapping me and leaving a literal handprint. The Excuse first time me. My mom, the yeah. first time my mom slapped her was it was over the summer and Aaron and Geneva were over and Aaron was wearing years ago. like shorts and like she's showing off her tattoo and everything. And my mom looks at me because she's hanging out with us. She's like, Look. she was sitting on the floor. I was sitting on the couch. And she was sitting on the floor and she's like, I really want to slap it. I'm like, okay. So my mom. Nonchalantly, while talking to them, just smack on Aaron's leg, and it was just a red hand. That you could see all five fingers. Why? Because she wanted because, to. Because remember, there is no why. Because <laughs> she felt like it. Okay. Um. What was the second instance? The second one was it was before Disneyland had reopened after COVID, and we had oh, gone yeah. to downtown Disney to shop and hang out and eat. We had come back. To realize that Erin had forgotten her phone at the restaurant. And Erin was starting to have like a meltdown, like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. And I was my, gonna cry. She I was, was like, on the verge of tears, and my mom smacked her and went in the arm. She's like, she was like, stop. Stop that right now. Okay. It worked. It worked, because then I, sh- I, because sh- like I had gone in the house, changed into my PJs, and came right back out with my keys on me, let's go. Yeah, it, it it shocked me just enough to stop me. Fair, fair point. Mm-hmm. As long as it works, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when Tawny comes over, my mm-hmm. other friend, she knows she's Tawny's known me since we were sixteen. So every time she comes over, and my mom goes behind her and starts giving her a little like shoulder rub, mm-hmm. Tawny is instantly. Mm-hmm. You gotta understand, Tawny is four foot nine. Nine. 
So if she shrinks. Or 4, four, four 10? <laughs> four 11? Ten, whatever. 4 10, yeah. yeah. We'll, call, we'll call it in the middle and call yeah. it 4 10. She, she's tiny. So, and like, so she shrinks she'll just kind of tenses up. Mom's like, why are you getting to I'm not going to hurt you. She's saying, I'm not going to hurt you. As she starts digging deeper and deeper. It's a sign All of right. affection. Yeah, my mom's sign of affection. She's never hit Geneva. No, she has not. Because I think it, Geneva is an angel. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Hmm. She's hit everybody else. She's hit Lara. She's hit Nidhi. No, she don't think she's ever hit Nidhi. She's hit, she's abused Talar. But that's fine. Um, We're still recording. It's fine. Like, one of the best things that my mom ever did was we were in junior high, and my mom has zero patience. Like, we, I remember we got to the parking lot of the grocery store right here, and before we even parked, as soon as my mom got in the grocery store parking lot, the seatbelt was off. Because once that car is in park and it's turned off, my mom is out the door. Now, I have learned to follow suit, so I'm out. Nadine, slightly slower than me, but still also out the door. Talat is still sitting down in the back seat, seatbelt on. Door is still shut. And my mom is like, hurry up. <laughs> and she's just taking her sweet ass time. My mom just did it. That day was not her day. My mom literally opened the door, unbuckled the seatbelt, and Pulled Talon out the car going, let's move! <laughs> okay. If I had three middle schoolers in my car, I think I would have done the same. <laughs> in full fairness. Fair. That's fair. And then Talon think... had the audacity to kind of like be snarky towards my mom. And she's like, ah, move. <laughs> <laughs> can we do this reenactment all in Armenian so I can hear it? Because I'm sure, wasn't it, uh, was it in Armenian? Yeah, so. You want me to do it now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Talar haide! Talar haide! 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 Let's go! Haide! Ha! I'm And then ensuing with the seatbelt and everything and just Haide! Let's go! Out the car! And Talar's going Eh! Mi And mom's like Haide! Interesting. Yes, it is. <laughs> this will be fun. Uh huh. <coughs> but that's the point. <laughs> She's like, but you came to your senses, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I learned my place in the hierarchy. <laughs> so, you were stopped to cry? Yeah. It's true. Yeah. 
That's me. What can I say? <laughs> I can change myself as of this age. Ten minute blooper reel. And I think we're moving on 20. But okay. <laughs> oh, God, the blooper is just me going, hide it! Thank you for the performance. You're welcome. Alright, we better let Miss DM go to bed. Yeah, it's, it's late. Alright, bye. Hey y'all, just a quick little disclaimer here at the end, per usual. We are not af- here at the sorry not sorry generation. We are not affiliated with Dungeons and Dragons, Wizards of the Coast, uh, Critical Role, Matthew Mercer, or any of those wonderful people who are involved in the creation of either D and D or Exandria. Just playing in the worlds and having a little bit of fun and creating our own stories as we go. The Nameless City is a creation of the sorry not sorry generation, um, but uh, yeah, we're just having some fun with uh, some wonderfully. In brilliantly crafted worlds, all of the music in the episode is either from tabletop audio or was an in-house creation from a serendipitous setting, which is uh, our own music YouTube channel, and uh, a lot of which of that music you can find either on our Sorry Not Sorry Generation website or on YouTube at a serendipitous setting. Alright, thank you guys so much, and stay tuned for the next part of our adventure. Tune in next week for more fuckery because we have some serious questions and concerns. Wake the fuck up! (laughs) It's been ten minutes!